The following podcast series was recorded between January and December of 2015. Originally hosted on the Horophilia Podcast Network, it has now transitioned to the Podcast Under the Stairs Collective. Myself and Andy Blockley would like to extend our gratitude once again to Jason Lloyd at the Horophilia Podcast Network for giving this podcast an opportunity to stay on that network for a couple of years and accumulate hundreds of downloads and great communication with legions of fans. The next instalment of the Doing the Nasty podcast looking at the DPP third tier movie list will start January 2020. Duncan McLeish will be joined by Mark Ball who will be replacing Andy Blockley on this podcast and will release one episode each month covering two films from the Tier 3 DPP video nasty list. But until that season drops, please enjoy these archives. They were called nasties and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect adults as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen the video, mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film. Hi everyone and welcome to Doing the Nasty Podcast, episode number 8. I am one of your hosts, Duncan McLeish from the podcast Under the Stairs. I am joined as always by my co-host with the most, who has a new uh, super fast broadband connection. So um, I think I think we're going to touch wood and say that this episode is going to sound amazing. As of you course, your wood if you want them. Uh, I'm always touching my wood, I'm doing it right now. Uh, <laughs> my, my, my co-host with the most... Uh, Andy Blockley from the Big Horror and Little Podcast. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm clear, I think, and coming You said crystal. I'm, I was so excited just now. I don't sound drunk. I don't sound slurry or anything. So. <laughs> yeah, at some at some point uh, when I was doing the editing for the, the previous show, episode seven, I did kind of <laughs> I did kind of think that you sounded like Stephen Hawking getting yeah. a prostate exam. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> It's just like, argh, argh. ouch. <laughs> oh my god. So, how are you doing? I'm really good, actually, thanks, mate. Yeah, it's uh, very nice weather here down in Leicester. It's nice up here as well, which upsets me. Yeah, it's like fucking 20 degrees. I hate, I hate sunshine. I am hey. one of the, yeah. I'm, I'm like a caveman. I like, I like cold, dark environments. That's why I live in Scotland. True. That's true. Come on, Duncan, this is great. Get your Factor 50 on your tattoos and that. Get out, sunbathing. No, no, I, d- I don't need any of that vitamin E. The sun can go and fuck itself. <laughs> um, so if we didn't need it to grow crops and things to eat, um, and generally to, to make civilization run, I would I would happily destroy it. Why don't um, you just fuck off, Sam? <laughs> Sam, you can't. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this is going to be quite an interesting episode because yeah. we have uh, some highs and lows. Uh, we're going to be doing reviews of um, Forest of Fear, 
It was also known as Toxic Zombies, which is such a better name. Um, and Blood Eaters, which is also a pretty cool name. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be doing Gestapo's Last Orgy. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Which is yeah, uh, which is also known as the last orgy of the Third Reich, yeah. and it's also uh, got an incredible other pseudonym. I'm gonna, I'll wait, I'll wait because it's good. Oh right, is, is this the, is this the? Yeah, I'll, I'll let you. I'm not gonna spoil it because I'm reading it just now, and it, yeah. that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and and the last one we're gonna be doing is a is a fairly heavy hitter. Maybe mm. not necessarily in the content, but in the content of actual fucking horror cinema. Yeah. Is a uh, Fulci's classic, The House by the Cemetery. So, um, like I say, highs and lows. Uh, there's going to be a, a a conversation coming up where I dare say we're going to be talking about quality. Um, mm. Some directors have it, some don't. No. Um, and annoying children. I, I don't think we can get away from the fact that one of these movies has one of the most annoying portrayals of a child ever captured in cinema. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Fuck you, Bob. You little bastard. <laughs> um, <laughs> you little fuck. Uh, anyway, I, was it you that was telling me? Because um, I'd never noticed it before. And then when I, was watching, uh, when I was watching these ones back, that the guy that plays the kid now... Actually, like, dis- there's a disclaimer. This is not my voice. This is yeah. not how I sounded as a child. It's clearly traumatised by it. Oh, God, it's ruined him. It's ruined him. What I'm going to do, um, obviously, I compiled the, the little clip in the trailer. I'm going to stick it on the end. It's only about 30 seconds. It's just him literally. You would have heard it by now because it would have spliced into the beginning. No, it's not. It'll be play. <laughs> anyway, forget what I'm saying. Um, yeah, he basically just apologises. For, and that's all he does because it's got an intro because on Zombie Flesh Eaters is an intro with the guy that's in the movie uh, the main sort of the main character and he just I mean he doesn't speak English great but he does a nice little intro and stuff about the film this guy literally just goes like I'm really fucking sorry about Bob's voice I'm really really sorry and then the film just starts <laughs> it's like oh god but yeah I mean if you've seen the film you know what we're talking about I'm oh yeah detail I'm going to try not to make my entire review just ripping the piss out of Bob I'm gonna it's going to be difficult. I, I've just, okay. I've actually just reviewed the house by the cemetery just a couple of weeks ago oh, for yeah. a podcast under the stairs. We yeah. did um, the Gates of Hell trilogy, yeah, and uh, it was, it was funny how, how we all three us, uh, myself, uh, Jeff X Martin from Kiss the Goat and Doug Tilly from No Budget Nightmares. It's funny how strong we all came in in our hatred of Bob yeah. as a character. Yeah. So yeah, but we'll get into that again. I get to, to, to basically piss on Bob again I'm quite happy about that. To that yeah 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 there's nothing more nasty than than pissing on a child um I wouldn't know that I'm just saying that oh uh, come on you know. you're giving us a bit too much information about your personal life <laughs> oh my god the secret's out uh yeah so um it, it, I mean, what have you been up to since I last spoke to you I mean it, like, you had the fancy new tv I think I had to edit a lot of your you're, you're happy chat That's about right. that. I'll talk about it again, right. <laughs> I got a, yeah, I did get a new telly. Um, do you know what, though? I, I watched a, a 3D film the other day. Uh-huh. It made me feel a bit sick. <laughs> My <laughs> God. Hey. Is that, is that, your, your telly is that big and that powerful now that when you watch 3D, you actually get the the immersive environment that you want from a 3D movie? It made you oh, feel sick. I don't know about that. Like, I watched um, Storm Surfers. Uh-huh. Because I'm really a bit obsessed with, like, big waves and stuff. Like, I've watched, like, the Billabong Odyssey and i got this, like, big wave Hawaii thing. I'm just really into, like, the ocean and that. And, uh... 
I don't know, it just made me feel fucking sick. <laughs> I think it was more like the fact the ocean was moving and like the waves were coming at you. And because I, I didn't, I'm basically going to borrow a Blu ray, 3D Blu ray player to test out a proper Blu ray movie. This was just a download with yeah. the old um, side by side thing where you have to then convert it on your telly and your telly like splices them together. So I don't know if it's just because it's not a proper like blu-ray copy but yeah i'm going to reserve judgment on that before i actually fork out for a, a 3d blu-ray player have you got one i don't actually i don't no. I'm, I'm one of these guys that is uh, kind of against 3d bit of a gimmick isn't it I don't, it's never really caught on has it no I, I mean they're still trying to push it and um i i can see there are particular merits to it yeah um i just think that the film industry, without going at another one of the doing the nasty rants, um, <laughs> I just think that the film industry, the reason they kind of resurrected 3D is because obviously piracy was up. Yeah, um, it's very difficult to pirate a 3D video uh, movie. It's not impossible, but it's kind of difficult to do it. Yeah, I mean, and, so uh, the one I watched was a pirated one, and they basically, when you watch it on a normal telly, the screen is literally split down the middle with two identical pictures. Yeah, and then your telly magically like fuses them together and blows it up onto the big screen, and that's probably why I felt a bit sick because it's probably not a gen. It is a pirated version that I had. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, go on. What were you saying then? Yeah, well, basically, yeah. So I think I think to me it sounded like they were using this as a obviously revenues had taken a hit and the yeah. was but you know piracy was up and all the rest. We'll bring back 3D because it's almost a a format of the movie which kind of negates piracy. Um, and I've never I I can count on maybe one hand the amount of movies that I've seen in 3D that I was actually I actually thought. This needs to be in 3D. Mm. Um, I think I'm yet to see one. I went. I watched uh, the uh, Bloody Valentine at the cinema 3D. Oh yeah, yeah. And obviously the depth is quite cool because it literally looks like you know you, the, the, it makes the picture incredibly deep. So like you know you can see that something far away is genuinely far away. And it feels like you could kind of reach in and, and grab the you know yep. where it is. But I watched uh, Godzilla, and I think that was a, pr- a post-production conversion. Yeah. And it was just rubbish. Like it was yeah. a waste of time, you know. Like, I've, and, and I've yet to see one that's really kind of blown me away. The one I've bought to test when I borrow a three D Blu Ray player is one of the like the newer Resident Evil films. Oh, right. Apparently, they're specifically designed with three D in mind. So there's loads of effects where things are flying at the screen and all that. So uh, I'll see. I'll see what happens. I would. I would, rec- I would recommend Gravity as well. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's- um, I've just it's, bought the um, oh, what is it? The Hubble Telescope 3D Blu-ray as well. Oh, awesome! Because um, yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll wait and see. But um, yeah, it's just this whole thing of it. Like I don't think I'm think I'm so blown away with the 2D pictures on my telly. When I put the glasses on and it kind of the screen goes darker, doesn't it? Because you got the glasses on. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's colors not, not the same. Just yeah, not, it's not as good. The, just doesn't nah. pop the way it's. I think it's meant to. Yeah. So uh, still, still though, big ass TV. Big ass TV is always great. I am really enjoying. I've watched uh, Alien on it now, uh, Jaws, which is it's just phenomenal. Like it's, yeah. I watched the little uh, making of thing. They showed you how they clean the picture up, how they uh-huh. run it through this like special liquid that fills in all the gaps and the scratches and the hair marks and stuff on the film. So there's literally nothing on that Blu-ray apart. It's just pristine picture, like all the way through. There's not a crack, a, a pop, piss, none of that shit on there on the sound and. Pictures completely pristine. It's awesome. So uh, yeah, that was great. And obviously, we're reviewing that, aren't we? For our, one of our you are indeed. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that episode it's, dropping. Um, 
any excuse to watch a Blu-ray on my new telly, really. <laughs> <laughs> and the things you have to do, you know, to suffer for your art form, Andy. It's exactly, you know, I'm yeah. suffering here and to watch these amazing films <laughs> on a shiny new telly. It sucks. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, I've not been up to much at all. Um, I've actually not been watching as many movies as I usually do. I mean, I'm I'm like I'm like a like a movie junkie. I, I kind of feel that I start getting like nervous twitches and shaking if I haven't watched a movie like in like a day. Yeah. Um, I get withdrawal symptoms. Yeah. But I kind of I don't know as I've kind of you know I've been doing a lot more music reviews and things like that for for the other site that I write for Rock and Roll Reviews. Oh, yeah. A lot more of that stuff and I've got quite a lot of interviews. Yeah. Coming up with artists soon that I'm you know really stoked about. Can't wait to do. Um, so I've I've not watched a lot and truth be told I bought quite a lot of Blu-rays recently that are kind of just lying there yeah. still in their cellophane and begging to be watched yeah totally I've, um, so, I think I've got about 10 or 15 now they just keep, yeah. land- they keep landing on the doormat and I go oh brilliant and then just pop yeah. it on the shelf yeah it goes on the shelf yeah, yeah. It's, and they lie there so um, yeah so I, I need to I need to kind of get myself back into it other than I mean like I'm still obviously watching movies specifically for podcasts I'm involved with um, yeah, well, they're so, not good movies, are they? <laughs> not in the case of this or, or, podcast. Yeah, and, and this show, yeah, it's, it's a bit in touch and go. In the case of my show recently, like I say, I did the I did the Gates of Hell trilogy. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. Yeah, which NH used to watch uh, three movies by Fulci. Yep. Um, you know, there's worse ways to spend a, a weekend. So did them. Um, recently, I've been added to the, the kind of more permanent side of uh, Graveshift Radio, so yeah. they, we've just started Alien. Thank you. I love that show, that's awesome. Uh, well, it's just, a, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to probably, you're probably going to lose interest now that I'm permanently on it, just because you're going to be sick of hearing my voice. <laughs> you're uh, everywhere I turn. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Uh, so, we've just, uh, rec- we've got, there's a, I think a creep show episode about to drop, uh, where we did creep show one and two. Oh, yes. Um, so not which, number three. No, we didn't do number three, no, because number three doesn't count. I haven't um, seen it. Actually, Have you, oh, I don't like it. I just really heard like so it. many bad things. I just thought I don't want to taint the other two. And I'm not. I'm not. I think. I think I'll get a bit of heat from people because I am not. I am not one of these guys that's like, oh, Creep Show is a perfect anthology. It's really not. Uh, there's a couple in, in Creep Show that are. There's one with Stephen King that can go and fuck itself. I really. I just. I, 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 bores me to tears um, and I, yeah without giving away too much I think I might be in the camp where I watch Creepshow 2 more than I watch Creepshow and that's not because it's necessarily better it's because I grew up with Creepshow 2 yeah it's a bit and more so, concise as well isn't it? they only got three stories on that one instead of yeah five. yeah um, so yeah that, that's dropping and we've just started our Alien retrospective so we recorded an episode um, just about a week ago where we did Alien as the main feature and I I'm running the second features for the next ten episodes, and I've decided to bring the best of uh, the best of kind of European cinema okay. um, to to the show to try and broaden the horizon of these American bastards. <laughs> um, so the first movie we did uh, to to line up with uh, with Alien was Tenebrae by Argento. So. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, That's yeah. up on our show as well, isn't it? I can't wait. It is indeed. I cannot wait for that because I, well, yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still of the opinion that one day, one day, Andy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you see how awesome Argento is. It's gonna take time. You won't. 
<laughs> I, I, I probably will. I'll get to the end that you'll be like, no. Do you know what? I've said this before. I like his Jallo stuff. I don't like his horror films. I think, like, Suspiria, I don't understand why people think that's such an amazing film. But Because it's amazing, Andy. That's uh, but I'm going to... I'll probably yeah, get Tenebrae on Blu-ray. Right, oh, yeah. You really, really should. Yeah, you can get it fairly cheap now. Or you can wait off and enter a certain... <clears throat> podcast under the stairs competition that'll be coming up in a couple of weeks where i have an arrow blurry copy of tenebrae which i'll be uh, giving away on that show so i feel bad entering now because we're all like, almost in cahoots <laughs> well i know you should only feel bad if you enter and win Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then you should feel bad because the fix isn't um anyway <laughs> uh yeah so what we're going to do just now is we're going to take a short break and uh, when we come back we're going to be tackling the first of our three movies on this episode. It is Forest of Fear, a.k.a. Blood Eaters, a.k.a. Toxic Zombies. And uh, a.k.a. Crying Fields, which doesn't make crying. any fucking sense. Yeah, it really, really doesn't. Um, so yeah, you're going to hear a promo for a show on Horophilia. You're going to hear some learned people talking about why this movie ended up banned. And uh, me and Andy are going to be back right after this. I'm Cootie. And my name is X. We're the hosts of Kiss. The goat. Now, this has nothing to do with farming or bestiality. In fact, there seems to be a little confusion about what Kiss the Goat is precisely about. Well, first and foremost, it's a company show. No. First and foremost, it's about devil movies, from the ridiculous to the sublime. Uh, right, but there's also a drinking game on every episode. Well, yeah, okay, but there's also a news segment on each show detailing the weird battle between good and evil. Okay, but there are also a lot of running gags. Well, yeah, but we also answer any and all questions from our listeners, and sometimes that gets pretty deep. But there are also terrible puns, and foul language, and a hefty dose of irreverence and light-hearted blasphemy. <laughs> there is that. Well, I think it's safe to say that there's nothing quite like Kiss the Goat anywhere else out there. Yeah, we don't even know what it's about, and we created the damn thing. <laughs> so join us, won't you, on Kiss the Goat, exclusively on the Horrorphilia Network. We make evil fun. Or we make fun evil. We, we don't know. Well, we've got Forest of Fear. It's a zombie film from a good period, late 70s, uh, shot in Pennsylvania, uh, you know, just down the road from George Romero's uh, setup. I believe they actually had some of Romero's technical um, uh, crew involved in the making of the film. And the zombie makeups are kind of fun, but mm, not as elaborate as you might hope. And it's certainly thematically got nothing very important going on in it. <clears throat> the main theme seems to be to do with environmental pollution. You know, the, the, the plot tries to finger, you know, the man for poisoning the environment with uh, illegal fertilisers or some uh, chemicals to, to spray on marijuana crops. And one of the other titles that it came out under as well as Blood Eaters, I think it came out in America, as Toxic Zombies. So on the face of it, it's a film about how the authorities are responsible for what's going on. Now, blood eaters are out there. They are coming, hunting, searching out fresh prey. Without feeling, without mercy, they track their victims down. Nothing will prepare you for the horror of these butchers of the damned. 
Nothing will protect you from the terror of the Blood Eaters. See Blood Eaters rated R. And welcome back. So I will lead us uh, on this interesting journey. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so this movie, 1980, it came out. It was directed by Charles McCrannan. Um, It's called uh, Forest of Fear in the UK. It's also known as Toxic Zombies and Blood Eaters and The Crying Fields, which uh, I didn't know about until right now, and that's a fucking... I don't like that name at all. That makes no sense. I don't know if that's Um, a play on The Killing Fields. I don't know what it's meant to be. Oh, yeah, possibly, because a lot of these movies did that. A lot of these movies, uh, you know, tried to... You know, well, this one kind of infamously... Not for any other reason to do with the movie. This is this movie's kind of infamous because the guy that directed it died in the Twin Towers in 9-11. Yes, he did, yeah. Which, um, this is the only movie he ever directed. Um, he also stars in it as well. He produced it and wrote it. Oh, so, right. there you go. So he's one of these one of these ones that just likes to to be in everything. And um, I'll say off, off the bat here about this movie, um, the, the synopsis... Which is listed in IMDb is actually one of the more can apt and concise on point uh, synopsises uh, for a movie. It just says after drug co- uh, drug crops are sprayed by chemicals by a passing airplane, the growers of the crop are poisoned by a chemical and turn into zombie-like mutants. Which is spot on. That's uh, what happens. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, pretty much spot on. There isn't a lot in this movie. And uh, in, in fairness, um, it's. You know, I, I I get the I get the feeling before we start going into to a bit more detail. I get the feeling that uh, McCrannan was probably uh, influenced by Romero, Romero's work in the seventies. I get that feeling. There's a bit of the the crazies. It made can, me think of that actually. Yeah, it totally made me think of the crazies, and it also made me think what a kind of missed opportunity it was as well because of how good the crazies is. I thought yeah. I, it could have been good. This, but yeah, I think I think the where the where the issue come in was that the guy studied to make film, um, but I think there wasn't a lot of money in this one. Apparently, it was shot over quite a long period of time because okay. it was just shot on weekends. Yeah, his day job was actually ultimately the day job that he died in in the Twin Towers. Okay. He just basically worked his way up a company until he became like a senior vice president. Right. Of this of this company whose whose head office was based in the Twin Towers, so you imagine quite a successful mm. company. Yeah. Um, I made this movie. I never went back to to making movies after it. Um, it did surprisingly well. Um, and this movie's still on the band list. It's never been repealed. No, it's weird, isn't it? Uh, well, I think the reason from what I, I was doing a bit of reading into this, um, the reason it's never been repealed is because when it got put on the list, they never disputed it. Okay. He never, he never at any point tried to. A lot, a lot of films, the the people behind them, the companies behind them, would try and lodge a complaint to try and get them removed from the list. Yeah, he just used it as a selling point for other territories. You know, this movie was banned in the UK. It's on the video nasty list. Oh, cool. Fair so enough. I, yeah. I think he, he knew what he had, which wasn't a greatly made movie. No. Um, it feels like everyone was having a blast making it. Mm. You know what I mean? It does have this kind of, this kind of aura of. You know, I, I can imagine being on set shooting this, just having a fucking ball, just hanging out with friends, yeah, and just just laugh. going, yeah, just going crazy, having a laugh. Um, it's not a very good movie. Uh, it's slow, which is my biggest gripe about it. This movie is is about an hour and a half long, and it feels 
painfully feels um, its its length. Yeah, you know I mean, I mean? strangely, like not a lot of the of the cool shit happens on screen. We see a lot of aftermath. Yeah, which is I get that. That's maybe budgetary. Probably, um, yeah, and we we I'm, I'm, I don't know if if you're in the same boat as me. I complain nowadays that they put too much stuff on the screen because they they might not necessarily have the budget, so they CGI it and it just looks awful. And I'm I like think that. I think this type of film, I do want to see it. Like yeah. I, I'm totally on board with you. I like it sometimes when you. I mean, this this film, like stuff like um, one that instantly comes to mind is The Hitcher. We don't yes. need to see him butcher the police station. It's far better to see the aftermath of him butchering the police station. That's far yeah. cooler. But with this, I think I want I want to see what's going on, please, if that's possible. But obviously, like you say, it's budgetary. I mean, just quickly, oh, you just said about CGI there. I don't know about you. I'm fucking sick of CGI blood. Uh, uh, yeah, because it doesn't look right. It doesn't look right. Bit, like, I've just finished watching Sons of Anarchy. Um, Oh right! <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we we will have a conversation. We'll talk, we'll talk about, about that. that. Fair about that, but um, the, the, <laughs> like the my main criticism with that, the CGI blood was fucking awful in that yeah. show. It was yeah. crap. The CGI blood in The Walking Dead. I don't know why they're doing it because it looks <laughs> shit. Well, when you've got Greg Nicotero. <laughs> directing right. episodes, there should be no reason not to have the best practical special effects on fucking the screen. K- I thought KMB were like the best, spe- like one of the best special effects. They're, that's, yeah, they're top tier. They're top tier. I don't get it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I know it's budgetary and that, but like I understand using it if it looks good. It doesn't. It doesn't look good. I don't understand how we can have a film from 20 years ago the films in the 80s are better special effects than The Walking Dead, which is like, you know, a real mainstream, high-budget TV yeah. show. I don't get it. It it's kind of blows my mind. Um, so, yeah, what, what were we saying? Just the blood in this. We don't get yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think uh, if there's one subgenre of movies, of horror movies, that kind of demands that things be shown on the screen and not just aftermath, it's the kind of zombie... Yeah. So I think it's your excuse if you are making a film to really direct your your stories can be thin, your acting can be thin. Give us the the you know the the throats being torn out slowly and the skin you know give us that shit. Give us lots of blood. Give us lots of guts. Um, it doesn't have that. No, that would um, have elevated this movie. I think so. I think if if. That if the the special effects have been a bit better, I mean the acting's not great in it, uh, but if the special effects have been a bit better. I get the feeling that I would have had a lot more fun. I would have had probably as much fun as the people making the movie. Yeah, and I think that's the the biggest the biggest overall kind of crime of this movie is that it, it obviously owes a lot to Romero without even coming remotely close yeah. on any level to what Romero was doing at all. And it's I, I mean hasn't some it people got the guy that played Martin in it. It has, which is I saw that and I was going, oh my fucking god, because I love Martin. I, I, I'm not, I, I am not the biggest Romero fan. I'll just yeah. put that out there. I like a lot of his earlier stuff. I think the the last two decades of his career, not that he's put out a lot of stuff, but what he has put out, there's been some interesting things. But ultimately, it's he's trading off the same the same thing over and over again yeah. like survival of the dead can go fuck itself you know these sort of things it, it gets to the point where he's trading off it this guy's influenced by Romero and he's fucking prime this is you know this is fucking back dawn of the dead days yeah yeah you know what I mean the crazies these sort of things and he's obviously tried to to adapt his version with probably a lot less budget and what comes out is just not 
it just doesn't have the same impact, um, and it's just because it, it's not executed as well. Um, and I, I kind of, I, I think that's my my big issue. Like we watched already some interesting kind of zombie quote unquote movies. Uh, I mean, Cannibal Apocalypse. For for all its flaws and foibles in that movie, the practical gore was really fucking good. Mm. Um, and you know, I, I'm thinking to myself the. the if he just had maybe a bit more money or he just spent a bit more time developing, you know, maybe even spent a bit longer making the movie just so he could afford to save up a bit of money to put a bit more gore in there, it just would have had more of an impact. Um, It doesn't have the same sort of social... I know it's trying to, on some level, have a bit of social commentary about uh, government intrusion, you know, the the whole kind of post... um, Watergate thing, which seeps into a lot of movies and, you know... It's trying to do all that, but it's just it doesn't have the intellectual level of a Romero movie. I mean, um, incredibly, the, some of the most clunky exposition of a oh yeah government officials. <clears throat> it is a very dangerous pesticide, isn't it? Yes, it is. I hope it doesn't come in contact with people. It's like fucking <laughs> a better way to kind of tell us that this pesticide is dangerous. And like you say, yeah, blaming the man, you know, for. Uh, Basically, for like saying, you know, interfering in pesticides and all that kind of thing, they're trying to kind of put a message in there. Uh, yeah. It's kind of really, like I say, pretty clunkily done. Um, yeah, it's just weird. It's just badly written. I mean, there's just there are some funny bits in there. I mean, the opening scene made me laugh. I thought that's a strange place to have a stand-up wash. <laughs> <laughs> that woman just standing there, and then kind of uh, true to. US, uh, you know, U.S. police style. The feds to shoot her, unarmed citizen. I thought, oh yeah, that's, well, that's, that's still happened. That's still going on. That's thirty. Yeah, there was that video that was online of that guy who was running away from the police officer who then put eight bullets in him and then dropped a taser beside him and then reported it that the guy had stolen his taser. Yeah, I was no. all over the net last week, and I'm like, "Holy fucking shit!" Well, he was the guy that you saw getting like absolutely battered as well. Like some guy yeah. laying on his front with his legs open, and a cop just ran up and kicked him square in the balls. Yeah, so like, what the fuck? Yeah, fucking hell! You know, so I mean, I, it's funny how I, I I always keep coming back to this. It's funny watching a lot of these movies and uh, seeing the the, the kind of that level of kind of social political commentary that some of these directors were doing yeah. like Craven and stuff like that especially back in the 70s and then to jump forward to where we are in 2015 and realise that a lot of that's worse well it must have, <laughs> always, it must have always been happening this Can't, like yeah. the fact that now it's caught on video camera because everyone's got a, you know everyone's got a portable video camera in yeah. their phone you would think that would make police officers a bit more aware it's fucking. You know what I mean? I mean, apparently could... this, this this one with this guy getting like kicked in the balls, and then they just batter the fuck out of him for about like ten minutes, just battering him. Apparently, like these are being indicted, some of the coppers for that. So they should be. It's not a case of you know like and I, sometimes like the, the people and I know this is an aside, but sometimes people are like, yeah, well, yeah, well, hopefully something, but it's not hopefully. Hopefully shouldn't be in that sentence. They should be banged up. They need to. Yeah. They need to do time because what they're doing is grievous bodily harm on, on fucking. It's fucking criminal, is what they're doing. Yeah, it's insane. So, but yeah, so I mean, this movie, I think maybe on some level, maybe I'm given. Uh, the director maybe slightly too much credit I think it tries to flirt with some of those ideas without really necessarily knowing how to segue in the film I did like the fact that his character um, Cole in the movie uh, 
he seems to be getting quite a lot of action with his rather attractive wife, and I, I, I get the feeling that when he was sitting sitting down writing the old uh, the old script for this movie, <laughs> he was like that. I right. What what character's the one that gets down and dirty? Or Cole, right? He's me for <laughs> yeah. obvious reasons, you know. I mean, I wrote the script. I, I wrote it. I had myself in mind when I wrote this. Um, so I, I quite like that because you know, on some level, you kind of think to yourself, you know, if you were going to write a movie that you were going to star in, why would there not be attractive women trying to hit you in the face with their tits? Of course. I mean, that every second scene for me. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 there's not a lot to say about this movie. I, it was an hour and a half. I'm not going to say it's an hour and a half that I'll never get back. Yeah. Um, I'll never watch a movie again. Okay. I've seen it now. It's one of those ones on the list that I can tick off and say, yep. right, I've seen this movie. We'll never go back to it. It's not terrible. It's not great either. No. Um, I mean, there's a funny bit like the crop sprayer. His trousers just fell down. Yeah, what the fuck was that about? Now, I don't know if you've watched You've Been Framed. Oh, uh, yes. For our American listeners, You've Been Framed is just like a home video show where they show clips of people. And yeah. every now and again, they'll, they'll put them into like categories. So you'll just see two minutes of constant clips of cats or two minutes of people falling over at weddings, dancing. Every yes. now and again, you get a montage of clips of old people whose trousers just fall down for no reason. Yep. <laughs> what is Because that happens. That ha- well, I, I, I think what happens is when you get old, you're unable, your waist is unable to keep up trousers. It's <laughs> my theory. Right. Well, get a belt. Get a belt then, and some braces. Yeah, well, this is the thing that you watch it. I mean, that's to me. The older generation are famed for belts and braces. I don't understand why their trousers are always falling down. Mental, like, like, like a man, like an old man sitting at a wedding. He'll get up and his trousers just fall down. Yeah. Is that I don't understand how? How do you not know? I don't know what happens. At what age do you get to? Like when he was sixty, he was aware, and then like hit his sixty-first birthday party, and all of a sudden he just went, "I've got no." I've got no awareness now of yeah. what's happening with my weight. I'm going to buy trousers that are four times too big for me, and they're just going to fall down every time I get up. It's I think I think old people. I think it, it just cements that that um, that thing that I can't wait for in old age is just not giving a fuck. <laughs> now I'm already in a position where very little fucks are given to anything. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, I, I, I tend, that's that's how I go through life. Um, and what I, I, I keep being told, or quite a lot of people, I am probably one of the most stress-free individuals you will ever meet because I just don't let things get to me. Really, I've right, one of these ones that I, it's, it's, a, it's the best way to be. Just look after your own life. I give too much of a fuck. I think uh, I get annoyed in my car at morons. Yeah, I, well, yeah. Occasionally, that happens to me. I, I, w- I would be lying if I didn't if I didn't say that. You know, that, that does happen to me from time to time. Uh, it usually has to be quite a severe thing, like someone undercutting you on the motorway. The fuck is up with that? Right. Um, well, for me, it's the other way around. It's little things like someone's a mini ra- like a mini roundabout, and they don't indicate to tell you they're turning left. Oh yeah. It's, it's the little things. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to actually start meditating. <laughs> it's not about hey listen I know people that I work for Tai Chi apparently is the shit I'm going on a thing like in a couple of weeks like, to, are you? yeah to learn to meditate to chill the fuck out <laughs> oh my god so so what you're telling me is by like episode 13 when you come on here you're just going to be like zen I'm going to be zen as fuck by that yeah <laughs> zen zen Andy speak yeah <laughs> you were like that movie is good um, I don't waste energy anymore speaking I just <laughs> three, three word reviews 
Yeah, so I'll let you know how that pans out. Yeah, you let me know how that pans out. One yeah, of the things that made me laugh, like the, yep. the woman was this guy, apparently, I think it was her boyfriend, a zombified boyfriend, he's obviously like, you know, chasing her, attacking her. She manages uh-huh. to like flag down someone to give her a lift. So he's like, fucking hell, are you okay? Like, I can't leave you out here on your own. Get in the car. And then she sees the zombified boyfriend. He goes, oh my God, no, it's him. And he gets out and goes, all right, mate, do you want a lift as well? Yeah. <laughs> what? It's like, what the fuck is going on? I just seem, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I would love to see that, you know, it must have just been a thing where people would, I, I still see movies that are being made, indie filmmakers making movies, or you know, people just making movies for themselves. I still see things where I'm like, that, that character development is shit. That makes yeah. no sense what you're doing. Yeah. So I, just, I, I think it's just funny in a comical way because because you look at how it's handled now um, in cinema and there's like the whole, the, this whole undercurrent of douchebag fucking horrible dude bro sort of characters. Very that worse appear. than these. Oh, give me these kind of characters anything. Yeah, I think that's, I think back, back in the day that's just how those characters were. You know, that was the stereotype. Yeah, that was pretty car- equipment, yeah. really. Yeah, and you look back at it now and you say, that's quite funny, but when you look at what we've got just now, it just feels fucking nauseous. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, like I say, I don't really have much more to say about this one. Um, shall shall we grade and move on? i got one more, two more things to say. Right, Number go for it, one, go for it. If your kid's a bit mentally challenged, don't dress him in dungarees. <laughs> Part one. Oh, and number two, this is my last thing. <laughs> Right, matte paintings in films, okay, uh-huh. great, like, the Kingdom of the Spiders, they could uh-huh. not have possibly achieved that final shot without a matte painting, it's fine. Um, some of the matte paintings in They Live, they're fucking great, and on the, and yeah. a good quality, like, they're, you know, abs- they're totally passable. In this movie, they use a matte painting for a background, yeah. but it's a fucking waterfall, yeah. and the water isn't moving, <laughs> moving, is, moving, so you can see that it's a fucking painting. I like, oh, that was just, it was perfect. That was a perfect ending to this movie. You, you show me a matte painting of a waterfall and you meant, and I'm supposed to believe that that's real. Kind of breaks the illusion that it's meant to be a running waterfall. And I just thought that's yeah. fucking awesome. So, it, yeah, it sums up the movie. It yeah. sums up the movie and a whole that last year, really. It just kind of, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, so <laughs> uh, I, will, I will come in and say that, I mean... I'm still. I'm not. I'm not going to say that it's you know like. But what's the new rating again? Case dismissed or something? It's teetering, isn't it? It is. Is I'm still going to say slap on the wrists. Right. Um, I think. I mean, it's it's not as like something like evil speak to me just doesn't need to be on a fucking list at all. Yeah. You know I mean, it, it doesn't even need to be. I mean, it, it's struggling to be on a horror list for me. Um, this one here, I mean, it, it has aspirations. It might not necessarily meet them. I think its hearts in the right place. Okay. And in the hands of a different director, you know, or with a bit more money. I think we would have been sitting, not necessarily blowing the movie, but I think we would be sitting in a position where we'd be going, that fucking gore effect was rad. That fucking kill effect in this sequence was great. Wasn't it great when this sequence happened? You know what I mean? I I think it it sets up a lot of quite interesting concepts. It is very much teetering on the edge of being dismissed entirely. But I, I will, I will... I will give the guy the benefit of the doubt, not because he died in nine eleven or anything like that, and say, yeah, I, I would say, it, yeah, it's it's a slap on the wrist. This one is, 
as about as close to harmless as as uh, some of the ones we have already discussed on here. It definitely did not need to be on the list. Um, what about yourself, Andy? Right, yeah, I don't, it shouldn't have been on the list, but I am going to dismiss this one. Yeah, I kind of, th- I kind of thought you were going to. I, I got the feeling that we were going to be playing a game of good cop, bad cop. <laughs> because though, I dismissed. Um, well, we in hindsight, we would have dismissed Evil Speak if we had that. Uh, oh yeah, definitely that one. Was there. I think there's some slightly more brutal stuff in Evil Speak like killing the dog and stuff yeah, yeah. Um, so for this for me this is tamer even more tamer than evil speak so I've got right. to dismiss this one I've got to get cool. rid of it what I would like to see is somebody do a real balls to the wall remake of this with practical gore quirky characters it's fir- it's tongue firmly in it's cheek because the concept is cool like, I think the re- I like it yeah I really like I think it the remake Phrases is one of is one of my favourite remakes. I fucking love that film. I love that remake as well. I, th- I think that one gets shit upon far too much. I, I think don't really understand it. Timothy Olyphant's awesome. The effects are great. It's got some great, inc- awesome fucking set pieces. It's got an amazing ending to that movie. That that end to that movie is ballsy as fuck. It is. It's great. I fucking love that. So I'd get, give whoever directed that get him on this one and give me a hand. We'll have a remake. <laughs> <laughs> We just basically want you to make the same movie again, yes, instead please. of instead of a crash chemical in the local water supply for the town. We're just thinking you just drop it on a wheat field. Is that all right? Actually, <laughs> do you know what, Duncan? They already have remade this. It's oh, it's no, it's the crazies. So, fuck. Oh, I suppose, I suppose, I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. This that's as good as that's as good as a remake for me. I'll do. <laughs> Right, so uh, we're going to take a short break. Andy's going to come back after this break and tell us why we should or shouldn't sit down and watch the Gestapo's Last Orgy. Yeah, I would love to say, Andy, that we managed to... I kind of felt hopeful when, when uh-huh. we were sitting down this one that we might get through an episode with uh, no rape. Um, and, and, yeah... Yeah, we will see why that didn't happen on this show. Um, <laughs> and to be honest with you, the Gestapo's last orgy, with a name like that, there was always going to be something like that. Uh, yeah, so we're going to take a short break. You're going to hear another promo for a show on the network and some learned folk talking about our next movie. Um, Andy's going to be right back after this. Well, Gary, here we are. Somehow uh, we made it through here. What? Where? Uh, we're in the sequel, of course. Sequel? What sequel? Well, Sloppy Seconds, the movie sequel podcast. Come on, get with it. Oh, that's right. Our podcast is about sequels where the budget is bigger we don't actually have a budget get away from her you bitch but the action is more exciting Uh, i don't know much about action hey you gotta like it sure man allow me scum the babes are hotter wait there's babes involved how about some of this so tasty and hard and firm just melts in your mouth. Do the kills get gorier and more extreme? Uh, kills? Did we talk about this? Uh, never mind. So five sloppy seconds, the movie sequel podcast, exclusively on the Horror Network. Because when all other podcasts are through, we're already thinking about part two. Gestapo's Last Orgy, again, is one of the nasty Nazi or eroticised Nazi films. And the film, I say, does have some pretensions to seriousness. I mean, there are quotes from Dessard, for example, and things like that. But this, the film does contain a particularly nasty and unpleasant scene, which no doubt helps to explain why the BBFC 
has refused um, to pass it, where a group of uh, high-up Nazis um, have a feast at this big um, dining table, and it's revealed at some point that one of the ingredients of this feast is um, a Jewish baby. I think this is kind of pretty sub-Dasadian uh, stuff, but nonetheless, I think the film does have certain kinds of pretensions to seriousness. Whether that makes the film any more acceptable, I think, or less acceptable, is, is up to viewers to judge. <laughs> Amore e morte, il sogno di tutti i poeti. And welcome back. So movie number two of tonight is Gestapo's Last Orgy, which is an Italian film from 1976 directed by Cesare Cannavari. It's my best attempt at that pronunciation. Oh, I was, it was um, very cultured, I'll be bad, honest with you. I bad. got a bit turned on when you started speaking Italian there, uh-huh. Andy. I can do French too. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Oh my God. Right. Hey, someone got a tissue. This guy over here. <laughs> someone got a tissue. I, I seem to have, to have okay. jizzed my uh, pants. <laughs> also, the Ultima Orgia del Third Reich. Um, also what are you doing to me here, dude? My nipples are erect. Oh, I'm just oh. looking out the alternate names. Calm down. <laughs> Uh, Barrow SS, uh, my favourite. This is amazing. It's amazing, isn't it? That they actually decided to call this movie. I don't know where. I don't know where this was used, but it's also known as <coughs> Caligula reincarnated as Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, amazing. So, released oh. on video uh, in May 83, added to the list March 84, so it didn't even get a year before it was added to the list, and it's never been removed for obvious reasons, which we'll go into. Oh, yeah, 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 that's what, uh, yeah. And then I watched, like, what was the previous one? Uh, like, SS Love Camp? Yeah. Yeah, there's, it, there's a reason. Um, <laughs> no, that's coming up, I think. What, Is it, what was the one we did before? What was, what was that called? Oh, fuck, I can't remember. Oh, Dave, Dave, Dave the, no, something of the Beast. Something of the Beast, yeah, I can't remember. Um, anyway, I learned something new immediately from this film. I don't know if you know this, Duncan, but apparently if you're going to rape someone, the best uh-huh. time to do it is when they're starving because people apparently can't satisfy two needs at once. So if you pop a bowl of food in front of a starving victim and rape them, they don't even know you're doing it. So <laughs> I did not know I that know until that this movie. I, I mean, sometimes, sometimes... You need to watch a movie to gain an understanding of the best way to rape someone. Exactly. So, five days, apparently, is optimum starvation. I've got rage on day three at the minute. <laughs> they don't notice, apparently, if you pop food in front of them. That's... And then, we quit... I mean, this is mental. This is That's like pretty much one of the opening scenes. We then go into one of my favourite quotes of all time. Now, I don't think this will ever be beaten. He just says... So we just see some footage of a girl just basically covering herself in shit and the bloke going, this girl loves to smell the excrement of a man. Yes. Yeah, I, I, what I, the I, fuck? Did you, right, see when you heard that, did you laugh? Like, I, I mean, I had tears in my eyes. I was doing that, you know that laugh that you get where at first you're laughing, right, you're kind of, and then you get to that point where your body just goes through a series of spasms. <laughs> yeah. Between breaths. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. 
I mean, I was watching this with Rachel, and she just went, "Did he? What did he just say?" I went, "Well, look at the screen," because she was like doing something else, and she went, "Right, he did just say this woman loves to smell. She doesn't just love to smell the excrement of a man. She's basically bathing in it, having a standard yeah. wash." In apparently, it's good for the skin. I mean, it's it's before like companies like Nivea and yeah. L'Oreal were doing products. What women did was, well, if it's a particularly nutty poo, it's quite exfoliating as well. Oh, Andy, oh. dear God. God, I can't believe you went there. Amazing. Yeah. What were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to basically say that, you know, I'd, I would love to see that, because anyone listening to this, you've just heard us talk about rape and starvation mm. and fecal, yeah, fe- fecal matter being rubbed on the skin. And you might think, that seems quite no 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 in the context of what we're going to talk about this is just the tip of the iceberg oh yeah there's a lot of really fucking weird weird fucking sexual taboos being not only fucking they've been starved for five days and raped mm. but like, they don't have been raped to be fair they, they, don't, they don't know they've been raped it's a perfect crime <laughs> so right you know the you know the song Scatman yeah he, he couldn't have known that, that was scatting was going to be the new name for rubbing shit all over yourself and getting, yeah. getting sexual kick. Like, that must have come after. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what, came first, what came first, the scat man or scat from a man? I love that um, song as well. It's fucking great. I don't know if someone was listening to that song and being pooed on and went, I'll tell you what, I've got a great idea. <laughs> Right, anyway, we're in a brutal prison camp, basically, aren't we? Where, and this is cool as well. Like Nazi soldiers are basically rewarded for their bravery on the battlefield by giving some, well, some attractive women to have sex with. Uh-huh. But the caveat is that these women, they must not enjoy one moment of that sex, which is a fairly simple task for some people, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> it's how I live my life. <laughs> yeah, I do as well. Straight in there. Um <laughs> But they didn't factor into the, the you know, the, like some women are into that because he basically says, look, you've got to own these women and dominate them. And that's, oh, you know, and and all these blokes are kind of sitting there limp knobbed. And then we like it, the, it pans around, the camera pans around. I mean, some of the women are, are really attractive. Some of them look like um, Dust Till Dawn, you know, when they all transfer, like they change <laughs> marching towards the... <laughs> And he basically does the equivalent of like firing a starting gun, and they all just run to the fittest one, don't they? Yeah, well, yeah. It's like it's like a school dance. Yeah. In the UK, when you when you had a school dance, um, the boys would be on one side of the room, and the women would be on the other side of the room, mm. and you basically had to go and ask someone to dance, like a high school dance, and um, it was it was evident, pretty clear, as soon as the guy started walking, the general direction. Where people were going, you could you could almost see it. You're like that. Well, everyone's going there, so I, I never aimed for the hot one. I would aim for maybe two or three down. Yeah, you got it. And then go straight there. Don't even target. You go straight there because that makes sense. Everyone's going to be on there like a fly around shit. So there's no. And the, the kind of third one down the, the the attractive scale because you went straight to her. Well, that she then thinks that you think that she thinks that she's the most attractive. Exactly. It's, it's psychology, Andy. It's psychology 101. <laughs> I was ahead of my time in school. I really was. So playing yeah. them mind games from <laughs> nine years old. Brilliant. <laughs> um, we then kind of go to the females' living quarters 
and we discover that each kind of new intake of women, one of them gets brutally disfigured by the rest of the group. And it's almost like, which is weird this, because they say that they do it to make one of the, like, so she's not attractive anymore, so no one will want her and she can escape. But surely that's something that you opt for rather than being randomly picked. Like, surely I go, right, yeah, fuck it, do it to me. Yeah, like in the 25th hour where Edward Norton gets his mate to batter him so he doesn't look attractive when he gets to prison. Yeah. But it's not. They just randomly pick someone to do that to, which is uh, is a bit fucking weird. Yeah. Like, and then, like, we kind of meet sort of the female commandant, and she goes around, like, this is in another scene, like, checking each woman that she's bleeding from the fanny, and if she, like, if she finds one that is, she basically feeds them to her dogs, which yeah. is like, fucking brutal in theory. I mean, like... I think most of the stuff in this film, like some of the concepts are fucking brutal. It's just the executions like aren't that great. I mean there's another one where like they apparently eat a baby. Yeah. Um there's another one where the flambe someone and I just thought this I instantly thought, as a Scotsman, did you find that really difficult to watch because they're wasting so much booze? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I offended my sensibilities, you know, it kind of angered me a bit. I thought Duncan's um, going to uh, give this one a hard time for that. They wasted about five bottles of whiskey there, just pouring it on someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I kind of thought to myself, you know, so, sometimes I have dreams, Andy, and in my dreams I'm having, you know, people are just pouring whiskey on me, and I'm just like, yeah! You know, like, <laughs> how some people have, like, the dream of being a millionaire and basically jumping onto a bed of money. Or, like, that scene from DuckTales where he can swim through his gold. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So, some people have that. That's, you know, my dream sometimes but understand it's a dream because in real life that's a waste of whiskey too right and then when it happened in this movie i was like whoa 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 sweet child of mine what you have went are you doing? a wee bit too far this is the most disgusting thing i've seen in a video nasty movie and i don't know if it'll be talked close kind of a holocaust out of the water <laughs> yeah you can hack up as many turtles as you want do not fucking waste a bottle of whiskey <laughs> you fucking heathen bastards this is why Nazi Germany did not win the war because you didn't know what to do with a bottle of whiskey the humanity the humanity <laughs> I was yeah well, you, you've not got to yet but can, can we just talk about the gerbils aka the rats oh god movie? I thought they were field mice which makes it even funnier like oh my god what the fuck <laughs> thing is I, like, the whole thing of that scene for me is ridiculous because like for me, if if we had have seen, I don't know, even some stock footage of some rabid, angry-looking rats. Yep. Fight, because what he's saying is fucking terrifying. He's basically. Oh yeah. He's got this woman hanging upside down, saying to her, "I'm going to lower you into this pit of rats. They're fucking starving. They're going to eat your eyes, your ears, your lips. They're going to eat your whole fucking face, but you're not going to die, and all this." But while he's saying these terrible things to her, the camera keeps panning to what are basically the cutest little, I don't know if they're gerbils or field mice or the, what. Yeah, they, they, I, I double-checked, because at, at first I thought they looked like gerbils, right. so I double-checked, they were gerbils. Okay. And that's the thing, see when the camera pans to them, I'm like, oh. I know, oh, look at them, oh. <laughs> it's little gerbils. So, oh God, yeah, so like that kind of thing. Again, like the, like the concept of that is brutal. Yeah. But in reality, I mean, there's another thing like where they talk about they make baby skin gloves. Yeah. That's a brutal concept, like making a fucking pair of gloves out of baby skin because it's soft. Um, I mean, all this is obviously to set up the horrendousness of the prison camp in case, I don't know, in case people thought a Nazi prison camp was meant to be a bit like just a different version of Butlins or something. <laughs> uh, and we already know it's brutal. That's a joke. 
that only British people will get. Butlins is like a, a like a, a series of holiday camps about the UK, generally known for its cheesiness. Uh, yeah, they yeah, yeah. They entertainment, don't they, with a group of oh, God, yeah. across the world to live. They haven't, they're, they're failed actors. They've not got into stage school, so they work at Butlins. Apologies to anyone that I've... Yeah, any of our listeners that work at Butlins or have relatives that work in Butlins or holiday at Butlins, we are not condoning or condemning anything to do with that. Yeah, but you do know you can go on holiday abroad as well, don't you, people listening? (laughs) You don't have to. Yeah, or or go somewhere else. Just, like, get get a caravan and go... Pontins. Go go, 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 to Pontins <laughs> is the rival, isn't it? Is Pontins and Butlins a rival? Yeah, of... yeah. Then you can, you can go slightly more upmarket and go to Centre Park. Oh God, yeah, of course, yeah, that's the good one. Yeah, they, they love they love these things in the UK. Love them. But yeah, the, what, what, well, what I think we're we trying to make yeah. the point there is that no one thought at one point at all that uh, you know a prison camp in Nazi Germany would be like one of these holiday camps. But they do set the scene well as shown as that it is a horrendous place to be. Oh yeah, I d- yeah. The, the, th- the thing about this one is in comparison to the previous one uh, that we talked about, which I'm still struggling to think of as Beast is somewhere in the tale, it will come back to me. Um, but I think this one, I mean, and that movie was fairly fucking brutal with some of the the genital torture and the, you know, the, the, the idea of you know these these rapes and whatnot. Yeah. I think this movie is far more fucking sinister. Beast in Heat. Beast in Heat. That's what it was. Yeah. I think this movie far more fucking sinister. Well, it's more sinister because I can imagine this shit actually went on. I mean, I know people yeah. in you know a lot of the Jews were horrendously raped and a lot of the kids were as well before they were gassed or whatever. It's yeah. I think this is going to touch a nerve of people who might you know have kind of relatives or you know they were. You know, in Nazi Germany at that time, it, it, like you say, this is one of the ones that's probably the most realistic kind of to the brutality that probably did go on. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got the guy, haven't you? Like the commandant. He's obviously, I think, kind of the main sort of plot is this woman that he's trying to like break her, isn't he? Almost. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think he's trying. I, I think the fact that, like you were saying, there's this, there's this idea that some women just don't just don't crack no. you know, some women just don't crack um, at all and the fact that you know it's almost like his mission is to make this happen and um, we spend we spend quite a bit of the, the development time in this movie trying to you know try to see him but he purposely singles her out it's quite uncomfortable to watch, if I'm being honest. I mean, I'm not saying yeah. it, you know, upset me or anything like that. Yeah. But there is, I mean, as someone who, who, who is a lover of the woman, um, you know, I, I, do, I kind of like. It's like that way where you like, see if you're on a night out and you like see someone shout at his wife or girlfriend, mm-hmm. that instantly angers my blood. Yeah. Um, because I'm just like that. Yeah, don't speak to a woman like that. Um, and you know that that's kind of the that's kind of where they're trying to aim this movie. I think on some level is there's a reason that all these horrible horrible things are happening to women. Um, and it's more it's more than just that the, the fact that the movie is like an exploitation movie, which means you're going to get a lot of that as well. But there is a there is a degree of this will garner shock from the viewer yeah. by doing this. And I, I imagine even watching this movie circa late late 70s, early 80s of when the movie dropped, or even in the UK in 83, this one's kind of... Uh, this one's pushing things. I mean, I think it, it definitely is pushing things out there. The execution of it, 
maybe not so much. Well, uh, for me, once like, again, little gerbils. Oh, gerbils. I know, just so cute. Like, there's no threat there. But the thing is, that for me, it sums it up, the lack of threat, because I think, like, he's trying to break her and stuff, but he never really does anything. I don't know no. if she's just called his bluff. He never really actually does anything to her. Like, there's a scene where he's kind of threatening to get one of his other kind of female commandants or whatever to, to cut her. Uh-huh. And he's threatening to cut her and threatening to cut her. And I think, well, fucking cut her. And then if you're looking for a reaction, because if you're threatening to cut her and she twigs that you're bluffing, yep. it doesn't fucking mean anything. Like I thought, cut her if you're trying to get a reaction. Like That would have been more... Do you know what I mean? It's like threatening to do something to someone. Eventually, they're going to think, well, are you actually going to do it? Because, And then there's, there's quite a few scenes, isn't there, where I just think... I don't know. I don't believe him anymore, and I think she doesn't believe him anymore. But yeah. that probably goes on to the fact that he, we find that you know he's in love with her, isn't he? Yes, I think that's yeah. It's exactly, and that's I think that's the reaction you're supposed to get watching this movie yeah. is the, the the fact that you know he he is almost trying to play into being one of these one of the guys that's mm. doing all this shit, this this horrible shit. But he actually does love her. He does have feelings for her. Yeah. Um, which I mean, once again weird kind of concept to, to insert in this sort of movie mm. like it kind of comes out of left field that mm. um, and obviously her kind of guilt um, as a character later on you know I, I think I once again feels a bit out of place kind of feels like the, the movie's like the director's trying to play with quite a lot of ideas and try to bring them all in um, which I, I mean some of it works I, I know what you're saying I've always said that yeah, the execution might not be the the best, but the the idea of sometimes an idea is more powerful than than an actual effect on the screen. Yeah. Sometimes the the break very much like we, we had a conversation last week where the majority of the racial language used in the movie mm. was enough to kind of overpower the fact that there was very little in the way of actual fucking violence on the screen. Yeah. But because that language is used repeatedly and often, mm. it, it kind of makes it more unsettling to watch. Yeah. Um, it, but it's, it viol- of, it's violence through... Well, I mean, violence doesn't have to be physical, does it? That was violence yeah. through, you know, that was verbal violence. Yeah. And it's like th- this kind of transfers in a lot of respects, not all respects, through to this film as well. The description of what certain characters say are going to happen to characters, to their face. Like you were saying, yeah, that if you j- take out the gerbil sequence, if we don't have those gerbils in there at all, see if we don't even see the rats at mm-hmm. all, if that sequence exists where just that guy tells that character to her face what is going to happen to her, yeah. that is fucking horrible. Just going on a tangent oh, quickly, yep. just from last week. Uh, obviously, you told me about this uh, recording. Oh, did you go and listen to it? No, I didn't go and listen to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually one worse than that, right? And I found a fucking uh, transcript of basically what the guy did to her. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's worse, isn't it? I don't know, maybe it isn't worse. I can't say because I didn't listen, but for me... Yeah, re- well, the, well and, the, and the transcript, he... he Basically, everything that happened to her, he tells her is going to happen to her on that recording. Because he smashes her elbow like 25 times with a sledgehammer, doesn't he? Yeah. And then he like puts pliers. That's that's just just one of the people. They they, they killed quite a few. They released quite a few back. They used like a modified version of like, um, like acid and things like that to basically... Like the people were released from it. People did survive that, but they couldn't remember being... Yeah. 
I, you really need to listen to that episode, Andy. I mean, it's or, do, or, do, or watch or watch the documentary on him. Yeah. Because uh, there's plenty, just like free documentaries on on YouTube and things like that, where you actually see what this guy did to people and how how he got away with it. Because he basically used like a cocktail of drugs, which okay. he would admit. He would tell them at the start when they would wake up strapped to the chair. He would tell them everything he was going to do to them, and then he would basically say in that that he would give them a cocktail of drugs, mind control drugs, and then release them, and they wouldn't remember it. And women were found battered, bruised, you know, w- w- missing days of memory. Yeah. Um, because of the trauma that had happened, it's fucking horrible. Yeah, um, yeah it's the power of words. Because when you hear something, especially when it's, it's spoken out on the screen, or if you're in that position, um, your brain fills the blanks and you start to imagine specific sequences, and those are going to be more terrifying than what's shown on screen. Especially yeah. in 1977, you're never going to see what this guy's telling her. No. There are ways to get around it. Like you say, you don't have to show us the rats. You could just show us clips of rabid rats. Mm. And then we then associate that with the action that's happening. Yeah. And the move, that sequence loses a bit of its punch because, like we say, you see these gerbils and they look adorable. And you're like, oh, well, oh, what's going to happen is our face is going to be bombarded with, with adorable little gerbils. And that's not... <laughs> That's not scary. They're not going to eat her alive, are they? It's really obvious they're not. I mean, ju- yeah. ju- just to clarify, like when I'm talking about him, him making threats to her and stuff, I personally think like the threat of violence is 99% of the time worse than the violence itself, isn't it? Because yeah, but in, it's just in this particular instance, he says these things to her, and he gets to the point in the film where he never seems to follow through on anything that he says. So I don't think there's. A, I think that kind of really lessens how intimidating he is because I think she knows he's not going to follow through. But yeah, personally, like somebody threatening to hit you, if you know someone's going to fucking beat you up, probably that like the the stress and stuff that that's going to cause you and the worry is probably worse than the beating you're going to take. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you, you build it up in your mind, like you say, you fill in the blanks and. You know, if someone's like standing in front of you, going to punch you, and you're flinching, and they go in to punch you, and you, it's just like fucking, just hit me, because this is awful. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, so yeah, I see what you're saying. It's just like you said, the execution. It's just there, there's some bits where this could have been brutal, and it's just not because they chose to just use a really fucking the most. I mean, they're almost cartoon. Like, I can imagine them in a Disney thing, like running around cleaning a house or something. <laughs> like, they're so not intimidating, aren't they? These fucking little mice gerbil things but I mean the whole thing I think we kind of forgot to say the whole movie is almost told in flashback isn't it yeah the film starts with him and her like the main commandant guy in this like prisoner that he ends up falling in love with I don't really know what is he trying to like rekindle memories or something what's I can't can't really work out why they were where they were because he's like constantly trying it on with her and she's not up for it and then I think we're kind of seeing their memories, aren't we? Of, of what yeah, that's 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 how that's what I took away from it. Yeah, but then I don't know. Like, eventually she does shag him, and then she kills him. It's almost like I don't know what memories she has that make her want to have sex with him, because like the final kind of memory is that they end up having a kid together, and uh, and he takes the baby off as soon as it's born and kills it, and that's the point where she's shagging him, and then she pulls a gun out and shoots him. Yeah, and then the film kind of just ends. Yeah, I, I think I, I think 
It's difficult because they don't, they don't really explain it in too much detail. So I think what you're left with is uh, the, a combination of scenarios where either she was attracted to him, that's why she sleeps with him, and the guilt that she has after the sex is what basically results in her killing him, yeah. or she uses her sex as a weapon to basically you know, get him in a position vulnerable enough that she can kill him. Yeah. I don't think it's really... The, the, the issue, once again, comes back to... Not only is it a foreign language film, which, you know, and it's, it's Italian exploitation movie, which some of these movies, you know, are completely nonsensical, but um, I don't think it develops it enough um, to be in a position where you can definitely say one or the other. It's it just bad. feels... Yeah, it's a bit vague, and then it finishes, like you say, it's kind of that abrupt ending that you get with quite a lot of exploitation cinema, Yeah, in, in, in fairness. Um, yeah, I, the, to me... Right. Wait, wait a bit. Yeah. I think, in principle, a lot of what happens in this movie is more appalling than, you know, the beast in heat. Yeah. Until you actually see the execution of how it's handled. Yeah. Like, there was clear, clear sequences in that previous one where you... And it was obviously not real um, force being used to, to whip fannies or electrocute cocks or things like that. You know what I mean? And, and the Beast in Heat. Where in this one, I think the, the premise, the idea and the actual dialogue is far more sinister than necessarily how the execution is. The execution in quite a lot of this is a bit cheesy, a, a bit see-through, but like I say, it's kind of on par with what you would expect from the kind of Italian exploitation cinema of the time. Yeah, I mean, that's I just mean, uh, reminded me of a scene that kind of, to, to strengthen my point about how, he's, how he seems to make, keep making these empty threats, there's a scene where she's tied up, and he's telling her that he's going to destroy her mind and then he's going to destroy her body. But he's whipping her and you can tell yeah. he's not putting any fucking force behind the whipping and also yeah. he's not leaving any kind of mark. So it's almost like, like what again, it's like with the rats thing, what you're saying isn't backing up your actions, it's not backing up what you're doing. You're whipping her with what doesn't even look like a proper whip. It looks like, like the kind of thing you find in Ann Summers. So yeah. I mean, almost like a playful, just like tails. It's rubbish. And again, it's like he's... That what he's saying to her doesn't match up with what he's doing to her, yeah. and again, like like you say, the strength in his words is brutal, and yeah. and the follow through, it, there's no there's no payoff to that. There's nothing to might kind of make you think, oh god, like, and it could have been like this could have been a fucking really nasty piece of work. This film, yeah, I think I think if they had approached it with with a bit more of a presence of how they were juxtaposing the actual physical torture on the screen yeah. with what was being said. Um, if that had been handled a bit more serious, mm. um, I think this movie would be infamous in a completely different standard. I think, you know, when people were talking about movies like uh, Last House on the Left, you know, Last Orgy of the Third Reich would be right beside it. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel that kind of brings it down. Um, I mean, overall... It's a weird one. It's a really weird one to think about, even in a grade, because, like I was saying, there was certainly excerpts of dialogue in this that, when it was being said, I felt quite uncomfortable. Yeah. I did feel like a wee bit, like not ill or anything like, because I generally don't feel that way when watching a film. But yeah. I could feel my palms getting a bit sweaty, and okay. you know, kind of maybe shifting in my chair a wee bit. Yeah. Um, but then the payoff to that is something which at times is almost laughably bad. Yeah. Uh, which completely defeats it. It's like you build yourself up to this 
this point of expectation and what you get is is nowhere near as bad as you imagined it was going to be. No. Um, it's like on the other side of the scale, which unfortunately brings it down for me. Yeah. Um, I would say in terms of a grade for this movie, I would probably say... I would say maybe community service. I think it's or, or it's maybe maybe once again teetering on the lines of um, you know a community service and a slap on the wrists. Yeah. Uh, I think it probably just gets the community service mark because once again some of that dialogue is pretty fucking harrowing. Some yeah. of the, the ideas and the concepts in the movie are really fucking terrifying. I mean, like, as terrifying as anything you will hear in any movie where people are talking about torture. Yeah. The execution's what pulls it out, definitely. The execution's what brings it down to that kind of, that teetering line. Um, I probably wouldn't even say this one deserves to be on the list, uh, which on some... It's kind of borderline for me again. I think I would probably err on the lower side just because what you see on screen does not match up with what you expect from no. what is said um, there is this almost this promise not that I want to see people being physically tortured and murdered there is this promise that this film has of you getting that which doesn't happen so no. on some level it does mark it down so to me I think yeah borderline it's probably community service definitely not on the list okay um, yeah I agree a bit of community service for the same reasons really like, you know some of the content in there is pretty brutal it's just it's a bit whimsical some of it. I mean the flambe yeah. scene should have been fucking brutal. It should have been I should have been it should have been one of the icons of this film. Yeah. You know, one of the things that people were talking about along the lines of, you know, the rape sequence in Last House on the Left or the the turtle sequence or the cop chopping and um Holocaust. Yeah. You know, it, it just it doesn't it doesn't even it doesn't even measure up. But it's not. I mean, I know it's unfair to compare something a lot more modern with something so old. But I mean, I've seen films where people are set on fire, yeah, and it's in a really fucking brutal way. This was not brutal. I've seen films where people have been fed to the dogs, and it's done in a very fucking brutal, harrowing way. This was not brutal and harrowing. No. It's you know like all the stuff they could have done and were meant to be doing in this film on paper is absolutely horrendous. In you know, in, in the reality of watching the film, though, it just it just isn't that bad. I mean, for me, I didn't even really get kind of an uncomfortable feeling listening to this stuff because I, I think if I just listened to it, it's yeah, it's horrendous. But I think by that point, I'd already realised this film is a bit daft because it's the it's the opening scene. You know, the thing of the woman rubbing shit on herself. That explanation of to how if you that you can rape someone when they're starving for yeah. me was so hilarious and ridiculous. In my brain, I've that set the tone for the film for me. So anything I see, yeah, I, I was I I, I was kind of like that, but to me, I kept thinking this has ended up on the nasty list. Mm. You know, I kept waiting for the payoff, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. I kept waiting for that iconic, and I do that with quite a lot of the movies on the list now. Is that I know certain movies. That the bigger names, the heavier hitters on there, are on the list for maybe one scene. And you're waiting for you know, it. And, you con and I, I find myself, especially, not with all movies, I mean, like, you watch something like um, The Cannibal Man, right? You watch that, you know you're never going to get anything from that movie. No. You know what I mean? In terms of that iconic fucking scene, which is going to totally 
set up the the reason or justification as to why it's on the list. Yeah, I just felt like when watching this movie, yeah, I think that the the, the longer the movie went on, the more I felt deflated about it yeah. overall. Yeah, um, and like obviously from the off, you've watched that scene and went, well, it kind of sets the tone for the movie. Yeah, I just kept expecting maybe at about the midway point of this movie that we were going. To, the generals to me are ultimately what. Well, I was like, I was like, well, no, we're not going to get anything <laughs> even remotely. As soon as those, ger- as soon as those adorable little gerbils appeared on the screen, I was like, yeah, we are getting nothing like I want in this movie right. remotely. And once again, I stress when I say like I want, it's not because I'm some sort of sexual deviant that gets off on torture. Yeah, it's you, because we're expecting it. This is a, this is a, this, these are films that were sat in front, of, you know, showed to a, a jury of people that condemned yeah. these movies and prosecuted them for. Um, what's it called? Uh, obscenity, you know. Yeah, obs- obscenity. Ob- so, so when we sit down and watch that, that's what you're expecting. So, yeah. no, I mean, it's yeah, totally, mate. Like, I'm, I'm the same. I'm thinking right, and this is one of the ones that I actually thought this is going to be. A, this one's going to be like one of the, yeah. the nasty ones, and in principle, it is, which is why I'm giving it some community service because the yeah. the concept of this movie is totally a nasty piece of work. But just the execution, and I can I can see why it was on the list because the subject matter. I mean, yep. you know, thirty five years, well, forty years closer to when that kind of shit was really going on. You know, I can totally get why it was on the list because you know now we're forty years, and it's still a horrendous thing that happened. You know, in Nazi Germany and that, but it was forty years closer to it in this. So I totally see why it was on the list, but yeah. I don't think it should have been after watching it because the content, the content, I think just doesn't. I think. Yeah, I think if you almost on some level, if you could marry up some of the the physical brutality of the beast and heat with the subject matter, the actual content, the dialogue of this movie, and it might have been a hard time, and it might have been on the list yeah. as well. I think I think so. I think definitely. I think the 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 execution of of how they go about actually delivering the visual effect of what they've described is is nowhere near. It's like you say, on some level, it's very whimsical and laughable in yeah. sections. So it, it, it does. It, it, I kind of feel on some level like I've been cheated. At the same time, I don't know how happy I would have been sitting talking about the realistic rape um, of, of characters and all the rest on screen. I mean, we're going to have a, a movie coming up well, very, two, very soon. Two episodes in, in a row, haven't we, really? Yeah, where, where we have fairly harrowing rape sequences in movies. And like I say, this one has rape as well. So, I mean, we are once again, we're basically set out our, our, our tent and said that, yeah, this up until this point and the next two episodes, there will not be a two in the nasty episode which does not have the subject matter of someone was raped in this movie. But there's so, still time. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping when we get to the non-prosecuted list, it would be quite refreshing to get through an episode without mentioning rape. Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah, so yeah, I mean... Yeah, so you're saying not on the list, and you're you're coming in with me, community service. Yeah. Cool, cool. So let's turn our attention, Andy, away from these movies, which are maybe a bit more schlocky and maybe suffered from budgetary constraints, and let's go to a movie which uh, is the first of three movies by this director that made the, the ultimate yeah. video nasties 72 movie list. Yep. Um, he's considered a maestro of Italian horror cinema, and I would agree, rightly so. Uh, he is the man known as Filci. Yeah. We're going to be discussing House by the Cemetery from 1981, 
right after this break. There are many mysteries in this world, and whether you believe or not believe, we gather to explore the strange and unexplained, where the paranormal is normal, and nothing tastes like chicken. We are Mysterious Boom! Exclusively on the Horophilia Network of Podcasts. Lucio Fulci had three movies on the Video Nasties list. The Beyond, Zombie Flesh Eaters, and The House by the Cemetery, also on the Video Media label under the Vampix title. It was the ex-certificate version, had lots cut out of it anyway, but nevertheless it was still successfully prosecuted, probably because it was lumped in with a lot of other titles at the same time. This was Lucio Fulci's version of the Frankenstein myth. Uh, the doctor, of course, was Freudstein. It always bothered me that he never actually was too literal with that. Freud could have been so interesting, but no, you don't get that. You just get the usual bog-standard Lucio Fulci gore, which, of course, you didn't see in this version because it was all taken out. My name is Giovanni Frezza, and I hope you will enjoy The House by Cemetery. And uh, in advance, please forgive me for my voice, for my damn voice is not my voice. And sorry, sorry again. Enjoy. And welcome back to this final movie review of episode number eight of Doing the Nasty. Oh, right. So this is the first of three movies we're going to be discussing by this director on the list. Yeah. Um... I, I, I'm going to go into a bit of detail as to why I think this was the wrong one of this particular spiritual trilogy that made the list. Okay. Uh, the actual prosecuted list. Yeah. Which, you know, because to me, the other one that made the other one from the trilogy, the Beyond is on the non-prosecuted list. Yeah. I think the Beyond is far more fucking graphic than this movie. Really. So anyway, yeah. So it's The House by the Cemetery. Um, from 1981 by Lucio Fulci. Um... Yeah, <laughs> the synopsis for this movie is listed on the IMDb's, and uh, I've just done this for my show, so I know that there's a couple of these ones which are pretty pissed, so I'm just going to go with another one, which was written by, wait here, this guy's name, Dr. Sultan Azazan. Yeah. Sounds like a magician from the old country. Awesome. Um, it's basically, the synopsis is, Norman takes over the work of a dead colleague, Mr. Peterson, um, of his... Mr. Uh, sorry, takes over the work of a colleague, Mr. Peterson. Mr. Peterson's killed uh, while he's doing some research on a certain Dr. Freustein. Um, Norman moves into the Freustein house with his wife and the most annoying son. I've included most annoying into that. Uh, but something is not right in the creepy mansion, especially the basement seems to hide some cruel mystery. So, um, this one, right, like I kind of alluded to there, and if you want to hear more in-depth kind of commentary on Fulci's Gates of Hell trilogy, like I say, episode 50 of the podcast, Under the Stairs, I just did like a three-hour show going through these movies. Mm. Um, so this one was the one that's tagged on the end of them, um, and it's the one that least feels like a Gates of Hell movie. Because yeah. there's very little mention of hell in it. No, um, 
Yeah, so so basically what we have in this movie is this weird kind of Fulci's version of The Shining, right? It's basically it's <laughs> Fulci's Shining. It's what you get in yeah. this movie. Yeah. Um, and we have alluded to it, and I think we need to just go out and say it straight up front. Has one of the most annoying characters um, I can think of, actually, in, in, in cinema history. Yeah. Uh, Bob the Child. And it's not his acting. His acting is... Uh, his what physical you performance is all right. It's the voice. It's, it's the, the voice. The dubbed voice they pick, which is... Oh, no, daddy! I don't know, daddy! Oh, daddy! It's yeah. like oh. he's kind of singing all of his lines. Like he's in a choir, Oh, so so bad. So this movie starts off with a fucking shitload of promise because basically we have this you know, doctor who is uh, doing the nasty, shall we say, with uh, with someone else, uh, a, a much younger. I didn't know if you were a professor, you got laid by hot, attractive young women. Oh yeah. I oh. see. Had I known that now, I would have studied harder at school. Uh, <laughs> So uh, basically, what you have is you have um, this woman try to find the the doctor. She's walking around the room and she dies in a most fantastical way by getting a knife plunged through the back of her skull. That's which I'm going to say, fucking awesome, great effect. And I'm like, that yes, this is what we're getting from this movie. Um, we then get this sequence with Bob, the most annoying child in the world, um, as he's staring intently at the, the picture of the house that they're going to be staying in. He can see a small girl in the window, which his mum can't see. To be honest, his mum doesn't look like he's given much of a fuck or interest towards his child. That explains why he's so annoying and clingy. Because um, she doesn't really look that deep into the picture, but she can't see it, but we can see it. Yeah. Which alludes to the fact that Bob can see ghosts, a.k.a. Danny from The Shining. Yeah. Um. So we have this bit of exposition as we're travelling to the house. We get to the house. The house is pretty fucking awful. I love... The fact that basically the wife remarks that she's not happy about staying out of this house. The husband replies to her, listen, I'm getting an extra five grand a year to work here, so you need to take your medication and shut up. I thought that. I thought, does he work in pharmaceuticals? Like, he's constantly trying to get the mum to take her pills. But I thought if I was you, I'd take them because it might take the edge off of Bob's voice if you yeah. take <laughs> I'd be on fucking pills as well just take everything you can get and it will hopefully drown out that annoying child voice but such such a sexist chauvinistic point of view listen here honey why don't you shut your fucking mouth take your pills and understand that I'm earning big bucks now it was the early 80s it was it was and it is Italian cinema so we've got to keep that in mind Um, so we have this weird kind of deal with the fact that Bob can see this little girl he somehow ends up with her doll which is a creepy looking girl's doll which no one in the family seems concerned about limbs missing yeah, okay, right, I'll put that down. Can I bring it? Home? No, you're not bringing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's not yours. <laughs> put it down. Put it down. Leave it. And, yeah, you're you're a boy, Bob. <laughs> so come with us back in the car. Uh, so the babysitter who, right? See if you were right, Andy. Let me pose some hypothetical situations. I posed them on my other show, but let me pose them to you. Go on then. So you are being told by a rather obnoxious real estate agent who dies in a very satisfying way yeah. um, because all real estate agents need to die in that sort of way. <laughs> I hate realtors, honestly. Um, anyway, uh, she takes you out to this house and, you know, she's trying to sell, you know, she's trying to sell the house to you and all the rest. However, you have a basement 
which has a giant plank of wood fucking nailed over the front of it. Clearly because no one wants you to go down there. Can I have a look in the basement? No. Uh, no, no. Uh, well, well, you could. I mean, I'm not saying you can't, but what I'm saying to you, Andy, is that, I mean, this house is huge. There's only three years. Why would you need to go into the basement? Yeah, but come on, I just want to get a feel of it. I'm, gonna, I'm thinking of buying the place. I'm going to put a gym down there. Can I have a quick look? Well, you, well, you could, in theory, go into the basement and set up a gym, but I would say to you that you have many, many rooms upstairs that you could convert into a gym. I mean, it's, it's dark, it's musty down there. I'm worried um, about the floor upstairs, being able to hold the weight of like, the dumbbells and the kit. Can I just have a quick look? Well, you could have a quick look, but I'm just going to say, how about no? Right, okay, yeah. I'll how about we just I'll leave that? that? Yeah, how about we leave that over there and you promise me you will never, ever, ever go down there? Uh, I can't promise that, but all right. Well, it's not as if there's something horrible down there. Just promise me you'll never go down there. Yeah, what's the plank of wood for? Uh, the, the, no, the plank of wood is like it's like a structural thing. It's kind of holding this half of the house Oh, up. so if I take the plank of wood away, the house will fall down. That's exactly what oh, I'm saying. Well, I need to say that in the beginning. Uh, well, I was going to, but then I thought you, if I say it's structurally unsafe, you might not move in. Okay. It's well, nothing to do like with a creepy doctor gym. that consumes cells. I don't like uh, I mean, sorry. gym estate agent. You know, you're a bit shifty. I don't know if you're fully disclosing everything I need to know. Uh, well, disclose is such a strong word. I like to say exaggerating or withholding. Mm. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, the, and I love that the first introduction to the babysitter is basically she's trying to pry the fucking... Who does that? Who goes into a house and says, oh, there's a pocket, let's just move it. Look, if I'm not allowed to look down there, you're not. You're just the yeah, babysitter. Exactly, but she doesn't know. I mean, for all they know, that could be the creepy sex dungeon. You do not want to be looking at... You know, she could open that door and see a scenario where there's a woman strapped going to be consumed by gerbils. And you don't Bob, do it! Bob certainly <laughs> doesn't need to see that. Because he's Bob already definitely. a bit disturbed, isn't he? <laughs> he's already a bit... So, yeah, so um, the babysitter... She is a bit strange. We don't know what her deal is. However, Bob has seen her death previously in the movie, but done to a mannequin. I got the idea that the mum had seen it too, though. So did I, but it's not... Because the mum recognised her and then had a flashback to seeing the dummy's head get cut off. Exactly, so you're like that. Right, see, if was she on her medication at the time? Maybe this is why... Maybe this is where Bob gets it from. Maybe it's hereditary. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So anyway... We move on. The real the real estate agent dies in a rather satisfying way. The husband decides to do a bit of investigation as to the creepy groans on the house. Drives out to a cemetery, has a conversation with a guy who tells him that Freudstein isn't buried there, and somehow in the journey back to the house unravels the whole mystery. Clever. He should be. Yes, he should be on the Scooby Doo team. He's brilliant. He really should be. I know he's a doctor, but you know, there's there's stretching the truth. Anyway, there's a sequence. I'm jumping through a lot of this because uh, I'll tell you why when we get to it. Um, Bob ends up locked in the basement, being stalked by an assailant that we don't get, really get to see that much of until no. the great reveal when we do. It's fucking amazing. But um, I love the sequence of Bob's head being pressed against. You know, the door and the dad's like, I'll save you, Bob, as he takes his fucking hatchet and tries to... You know what's mental? Like, I can understand Bob not shouting because he's kind of got his face pressed against it. But when the yeah. dad smashes the axe through and then sees that it's covered in blood and then it's even more... Like, yeah, it's that again. You're like, well, maybe you might want to stop there. Does he think, oh, I've killed Bob. Fuck it, I'm going to make sure I've killed Bob. And just yeah, like, keeps yeah. maybe he's like that. Yes! And no, also, no there's like he's... a weird... It's like a girl's hand, isn't it, holding his hand to the thing. 
Yeah, it's which just, was supposedly yeah. like it's Frostin supposed to be like uh, regenerating or something. I think he's supposed to be like a Frankenstein esque character. It's very woolly. I mean, apparently Frostin consumes cells. Yeah, I mean and that's I thought, the whole explanation to the character. Well, I thought if he's meant to be regenerating, what the fuck did he look like before he regenerated? Because <laughs> he looks like a regurgitated burrito or something. He really does. It kind of looks like uh, Jeff Goldblum from The Fly has paid him a visit. Uh, kind of thrown up on him and left him Uh, so yeah so you get um, basically we eventually end up down in there we find out Froystein is and I will say this right now out of the three movies from this kind of spiritual trilogy the design the creature design of Froystein is probably one of the gnarliest creepiest fucking unnatural looking things I've ever seen Mm. it is so twisted and so repulsive and so fucking badass and awesome just a shame Um, you don't get to see more I think that's and yeah, this is one of the reasons. Like when we come back to to talking about the the movie as a whole, you you'd see that I, I have quite a lot of negative comments about the movie, um, and they're not all aimed at Bob, which people might think they were going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think the, the basically the dad dies, which you wouldn't expect. The mum dies in the most ridiculous fashion of having her head slammed off a flight of metal stairs as she's being pulled down we don't actually see her get stabbed or anything we just assume that's what's killed her Um, and then Bob escapes or does he now the ending to this movie always used to perplex me I always used to think has he has he walked very similar to the beyond which we'll get into in a later episode has he walked through a gate of hell is that you know is that tombstone Mm-hmm. like a gate of hell and he walks through that and you know that's that's where he goes and because that seems a bit strange um both x and mr tilly uh, told me on the show that their theory is that bob has actually died okay and that's you know that's why he meets mrs freudstein and the girl and they all walk off do you want to know what the quote is at the end what is the quote at the end it's uh <clears throat> no one will ever know whether children are monsters or monsters are children because I, I had the subtitles on, uh-huh. just for a laugh, because uh, I wanted to see, basically, a lot of the subtitles don't match up with what's being yeah. said on screen. Um, when Bob is racing around with his cars, the subtitles say that he's doing like a commentary, oh, and so-and-so takes him on the outside and all this. And <laughs> and on the film, he's just going, um, so I still had the subtitles on at the end of the film, and yeah, that's the quote. I didn't because I didn't know if that I might shed a bit of more light onto what's happened. Um, no, it makes no sense at all because because the kids that would make me think that the kids are somehow involved with what's happened, and the kids have got nothing to. Basically, what we have is a Frankenstein esque character dubbed Freudenstein. Come on. Freudstein, Frankenstein, oh, come, no. on. come on. You're not really stretching things that far here, Mr. Filchy. Yeah. Uh, I, I see right through you. <laughs> um, but basically, I, I, I always, like, their explanation makes a lot more sense to me that, yeah, he probably is dead. The biggest crime of this movie is we do not get to see Bob die in a horrible fashion where, I don't know, Freudstein pulls him down a flight of stairs, stabs him in the stomach just before a fucking grand piano falls from the ceiling crushing them and then a steamroller rolls over just to make sure um, we, we don't get that we don't get the payoff um, the, the, another idea that was thrown out on my show and once again I'm re- making a lot of references but not great ones Like really serious to listen to that show if you want to get a bit more in detail as to what we're talking about that uh, Jeff from Kiss the Goat's impression that this is Filchy's kids movie, kids horror movie mm. I, I would agree with that to an extent 
if Bob was the one that discovers and ultimately solves the puzzle. Yeah. Bob is clueless in this movie. All the way from start to finish, Bob has not a fucking clue what's going on. Right. So to, to for Filchy to even... I don't know if he did make this kind of claim that it was it was more kind of like a kid's horror movie. That's It doesn't work on that level because his character doesn't get to the bottom of anything. No. The biggest crime of the movie, and then I'll let you talk, and you've kind of already said it, is the fact that we take so long to get to Freudstein, who looks fucking amazing. The yeah. creature design is amazing. And I, I understand it's kind of that old-school aesthetic of horror of you don't show the, the villain until the end. I understand that. And on some level, he is nodding to things like Frankenstein and, and whatnot. Or even maybe to the beats of The Shining, because you don't see any of the creepy things in The Shining till quite a bit in the movie. But I think where the movie fails is the fact that the 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 story plods far too long to get to these things. To get to the kills, we go through a lot of humdrum, um, which shouldn't be there. Um, this movie, you could shave 20 minutes off it easy. Yeah. Um, and it would still feel a wee bit long to get to the kills. Um, I mean, the soundtrack's bitching. The way it shot's excellent. Mm. Um, it just feels like... It kind of feels rushed, if I'm being honest. And I don't know if that's because you put the Beyond out in the same year. Yeah. Um, it kind of feels like it was rushed. kind of feels like, on paper, it's quite a good idea. I don't necessarily think it's paced particularly well, and that is a big drawback for me. Yeah. Um, now, you've you've seen this movie a couple of times, because I think we mentioned on a previous episode, I had, a, I had like, two versions of this movie, and I was like that. I was going to sell it, and then I thought, fuck that, I'll send it to someone that will appreciate another Arrow Blu-ray in his collection. Yeah. So I sent it to you. You watched it then. So is this like the second time you've seen this movie? Yeah, I think I'd seen bits of it before. Um, I watched it in its entirety as soon as it landed on my doorstep when you sent it me through. Because I remember uh, I sent you a, a text saying I'm fucking loaded that straight in the player. Um, yeah, so I watched it again. I mean, obviously any excuse to watch something on my new TV, but the, the transfer <laughs> is great on this. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the tagline's really misleading. It says, "Can anyone survive the demented marauding zombies in?" House by the cemetery. I'm thinking demented marauding zombies. Where? Yeah. What are you on about? Like, so that's weird. It's really misleading. And like, you will have now heard this clip. This is the first movie in history, I think, where there's a foreword by the actor apologising for how <laughs> terrible the dubbing is. Because, like I said, his physical performance isn't terrible, even though there's not really any particular purpose for Bob being in the film. He genuinely yeah. gets terrified in some in some instances. It's just the voice. I mean, this film kind of adds to the list of movies for me that has been tainted by bad child characters and actors. Yep. Wes Craven's New Nightmare is another one. Temple of Doom is another one. Indiana Jones, uh, The Babadook, Phantom Menace is another one. Like, and for, actually, for me, like Jar Jar, he he, Bob is the Jar Jar Binks of eighties Italian cinema. <laughs> I'd love to see a cut where he's just edited out. Like, Phantom Menace would have been great if you can just cut out all the Jar Jar Binks scenes. Oh, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, you cut out Jar Jar Binks and cut out the kid that played Anakin. He's fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, he is, to be honest, oh, he's painful to watch. The adult screen. actor that plays Anakin isn't much better, is he, either? Oh, no, he's fucking just as bad. I, actually, I've never have I sat and watched a movie so much and hoped that someone would die and come back as a robot. Yeah. And even fuck that up. Like, no, fuck off. No, I just fuck off. Just fuck not, you, George Lucas. Just did not believe it. Um, 
he's Bob sounds more feminine than the little girl. Yeah, which kind of really makes me think. It sounds almost like the same voice actors doing Bob as is doing. Well, I think I think I, I think this was explained in my show as well that quite often um, women would do the voice of kids, like in the dubbing that you get, they wouldn't like because it's like a dubbed movie. Even though I think all the actors in this movie are American, it's shot in America, they would still dub them into Italian and then dub them back into English, which Strange. is fucking such a strange practice but basically what they would use is you know female voice actors to do the voice of kids so it doesn't surprise me that you're saying that it sounds quite effeminate because the chances are it probably was a woman that voiced them okay makes sense um yeah but apart from that i mean the kills are amazing like yep the, the practical effects are just great it's really fucking well shot it just leaves me with so many questions. I mean, the babysitter clearing up blood, why is she doing that? Why does the mother believe that it's coffee? Is <laughs> one question I've got. Um, our maids, Andy, our maids. What the fuck are the demon eyes in the basement? Yeah. Uh, that's not Freud's thing because they're appearing everywhere, like it's yep. a kind of demonic creature. Why does Bob levitate out of the crack in the floor at the end? Like you yep. see his legs <laughs> rising up like he's fucking levitating off the ground. Just, 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 I mean that that on some level that might be you might be able to explain that dim to like that theory that he has died. So on some level that's a, his like spirit leaving his body, right. levitating through. The, okay. So I mean I, I'm not saying that I agree with that. I'm mm. just saying that you could maybe make that case. But yeah, no explanation as to the eyes. Yeah, the, the <laughs> at all that makes no fucking sense. I mean Freudstein, I'm totally on board. He's a fucking brilliant uh, monster kind of thing. Um, but it's weird because one minute he's lumbering like a yeah. narrow. 1978 zombie when he gets hold of someone he's got superhuman strength and then as soon as he's dispatched them he's lumbering and like almost falling along like he's really drunk and I think well he's either super strong or he's like a lumbering mindless zombie which is it and and I'm kind of getting the impression if he's supposed to be like regenerating and he's like this smart guy Mm. like but then I suppose they can't be any intelligence to him because he's just sat in his basement. I don't know. It's like they can't make up the mind whether he's this like big lumbering creature like Frankenstein or is this intelligent kind of dangerous, really strong beast like which yeah. you know. And there's so you're never really sure what's happening there. Um, and I think the main thing is that you're supposed to be on board with Bob in this car- in this film because like yeah. with any film with children in, it's supposed to kind of evoke that thing of you being a kid. Like, I love Stephen King's It adaptation in the movie. You know, stuff like Stand By Me. Um, Even, like, the kids' bits from Dreamcatcher are great. They're really well written and the dynamic between the kids and stuff. And I just don't give a shit what happens to Bob. I want him to die. He's really annoying. He doesn't really bring anything to to the... to the story, really. Yeah. Like, I just don't really know what his kind of purpose is. Like you say, if it was a... If it was supposed to be like a kids, a kid orientated film where the adults were secondary and the kids the one doing, you know, finding the monster and the kids the one solving the mystery and all that, yeah, it still wouldn't have worked because Bob's a little annoying little shit. But at yeah. least it it's, it's funny how it's funny how because I mean this on some level is Fulci's interpretation of Danny from The Shining. Yeah, 
And I'm just like, he did not get what I got out of that movie at all. No. <laughs> no. It's like he's seen him doing the, the talking to his finger mm. sequence, and that's what he's decided his kids should sound like all the way throughout the movie. Yeah, he's <laughs> to sound like Tony rather than... <laughs> yeah, it just it's, his voice is as annoying as like fingernails on a chalkboard to I me. Know. And it's, yeah. it's unfortunately the thing that I keep coming back to every time I watch the movie. I, I think the movie is incredibly atmospheric in parts. I yeah. think it's very fucking well shot. Like you see the go... See when I the, the babysitter gets her head sliced off but the way they do it which is an incision on one side of the neck and the blood starts but he's not like Argento he's not like a lot of Italian horror cinema directors of the of the era that you basically you're not getting this ridiculous poster paint blood you get this really watery deep red blood which just cascades out like a fucking fountain right. and throat. so he slices one side slices the other side slices along the front yeah and you're just like that is fucking gnarly. It's mm. fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, I imagine that would have been cut in the normal versions. I get the feeling, yeah. I, th- I think There's that... There's not uh, much else to cut, really. Um, really? No, yeah. You know, the, the, the gore scenes, which are absolutely phenomenal, are yeah. kind of the only disturbing bits. And if they're removed from the film, it's losing points, like Big Star. So the fact that we... Well, I think we're just lucky enough to live in the UK and have the Amazing Arrow release. But a quick note to the US listeners... This is a region-free disc. It is, and also it has the it has been put out on Blu-ray not that long ago by uh, Blue Underground. Oh, has it? Okay, so they're yeah, yeah. treated the um, same kind of uh, same kind of thing then. Yeah, I think I think it might actually be the same cut as the Arrow cut. I think. Okay, and it's and it looks it, great. I mean, there's oh, you know, it looks fucking brilliant. The, That's uh, one thing I would say about like any of those Fulci movies is that the the problem with the problem with Blu-ray is that sometimes when you deal with the older horror movies, it can sometimes shine a, an uncomfortable magnifying glass yeah. on special effects. Not in this case. No, no, no. The, his special effects stand the test of time. Absolutely. And especially in this movie, you're watching it going, how the fuck did they do that? Mm. I mean, how the fuck did he... Like, especially the throat cut and all the rest. That looks... It doesn't look like a prosthetic throat. It's amazing, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's really... It's, it's one of those things where you find yourself, like wanting to pause it and actually going, how the fuck did they do that? Yeah. And I mean it has it has all the hallmarks of like a like a really a really interesting Fulci movie. I just think like I say there's so much dead air in there and we take so much time to get to Freudstein mm-hmm. that and Bob's character is very annoying. That it, it does it unfortunately makes it not me it's not a terrible movie. I still love the shit out of this movie. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't go back to it as much as some of the other Fulci movies that I do because I know that when I sit down to watch this movie, there's going to be some great payoffs. The last 15 minutes of this movie kicks ass. Yeah. Um, but you're going to have to spend a lot of time with an incredibly annoying character. Yeah. Which you just have to, to get through this film, just laugh. you just got to look at it as a bit yeah. of comedy. Um, yeah. I mean, I do I do really enjoy this film. I watched it as soon as you, as soon as it landed on my doorstep. I was quite happy to sit through it all again, you know, to do this review. Um, and I do enjoy it. Like it's it's just a very watchable film. It's hard to exactly put your finger on because there are quite a lot of criticisms for it. And I think out of the trilogy, this is my least favourite one. Yeah, it's my least favourite as well. Yeah. And in fairness, um, but it's still enjoyable. I watch this again in a year's time. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I I regularly watch this movie and have regularly watched this movie since I bought it. Um, and I remember seeing it on VHS. 
um, when I worked in the video store. So I mean, I've, I've, you know, I mean, it's a movie I'm familiar with. I hadn't seen when I watched it on VHS, though. It didn't have everything in it that the Arrow version had. No. So, um, and I mean, these are three movies that I was very like the three movies from that trilogy. I'm very, I'm very familiar with. You know what I mean? Um, and this is the one, like I say, I'll never, I'll never, I'll never not come back to the soundtrack's killer the kill sequences are great it's not the strongest entry but by uh, let's put it this way compared to a lot of the movies that we've already reviewed for this show this movie's a masterpiece so oh totally yeah yeah this is one of the good ones this is one of the ones that i'd highly recommend and if you can get hold of either the blue underground or the english arrow um version do it get it i think it's mandatory i think it's mandatory if you're wanting um, to own, if you're interested in Italian cinema, you need to own it. If you're interested in the horror cinema, you need to own it. If you're interested in eighties horror cinema, especially, this to me is a must purchase. I, well, I was I was so impressed as well by the package. I went out and I got the other two because I didn't have the Beyond and I didn't have uh, City of the Living Dead. But, oh yeah. But within about a couple of days of uh, seeing that, I've been so impressed with just the package Arrow put together. I've now I own all three, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's the way. To- I, I mean, it's, it's, it's worthwhile mentioning at the end here that I mean, Fulci never said that it was a trilogy. It never said it was a trilogy. It was the fans that have dubbed That's that. the fans, isn't it, that have kind of cobbled yeah. that together? Yeah. And I, I can see kind of why that the three of them are supernatural horror movies. They're all apart from. Uh, House by the Cemetery, which doesn't really deal with hell. I mean, they're all in a position where they basically were made within like two years. All three movies were made within two years, um, and they have similar ideas of the dead coming back or the dead being reanimated. So I can kind of see that. Um, in terms of gradings for this movie, where do you land on um, House by the Cemetery? Um, House by the Cemetery for me just gets a slap on the wrist. Even though agreed. Even though the gore is absolutely wonderful, it's not it's not traumatizing, it's not realistic enough. The tone of the movie removes it for me from any kind of thing that makes you oh Christ, because it's I mean, you know, throat chops and all that kind of thing. It is it's brutal, but just in in ter- in terms of just the whole way of this kind of the feel of this film, um it's it, yeah, it's just a slap on the wrist. It's a fantastic film. Um, but for me, there's nothing particularly what I'd consider nasty. I think if people, I, I, even going back to the 80s, watching this movie, and even in its full uncut version, I can't imagine being outraged by it, which is, you know, what, what these films are meant to evoke a complete, this is outrageous, this needs to be banned. No, it doesn't at all. You know, it's, it's just, it's a great film. It's a, good, it's a nice horror film with some really great effects. The story's a bit ropey, but as far as nastiness, there's not really a lot in there, to be honest. And I think when this would have been released on video, it would have been cut. So the yeah. version that they would have been watching and the version that people would have been watching to decide if it needed to be prosecuted would not have been as gory as the one we've seen. Yeah. So if I'm giving this a slap on the wrist, the ones they would watch in the 80s would have probably been even lesser than this. You know, yeah, yeah. even less gory, even less kind of brutal. So I think I think um, that we... we uh hypothesized the theory that um that maybe it was to do with a uh, the the child danger in the movie you know what i mean yeah but, that, you, want, that, yeah, but you want him to die yeah that's <laughs> the thing though he's not a likable character so you want him but the, we hypothesized that maybe that's why out of the three 
movies that get dubbed under that trilogy, maybe that was the reason that one was on the prosecuted list and the Beyond was only on. And when you, when you hear me come back to Beyond, you will never hear someone gush over. I mean, there's a few movies on the nasties list which I'm like, this movie's fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, the Beyond is one of them. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna come in with you on on. Um, on your grade, there. I don't think it deserved to be on the list. And to me, once again, it's a slap on the wrists. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, so. There we go. Oh, yeah, watch this fucking movie. If you've not seen it, get on that. Get that resolved. You can now buy an absolute fucking fantastic triple pack um, from Blue Underground, which I believe has a has House by the Cemetery on it as well as the New York Ripper. I think it might be Lizard in a Woman's Skin, uh, which is one of uh, one of his jallos. Um I... what you need to check out as well. Fucking great movie. Oh. So uh, yeah, so we're gonna take a short break. You're gonna hear another promo for a show on the network. When we come back we're closing out the show right after this. Hello, have you ever heard of MSK three thousand? Yeah well we ain't them. But we are movie fans who like to drink and talk shit about our favorite movies. So join me, your host Nudie, along with my co-host Jake the Snake, and special guest stars as we dissect our favorite, or maybe not so favorite movies, on the NFW Podcast, otherwise known as No Fucking Way. You can catch us on Heartophilia, and also at NFW underscore podcast on Twitter, or NFWpodcast at yahoo.com. Okay, and welcome back. So that was episode number eight, I think. So we're well yes. halfway now. Um, two, I'm going to recommend, like we've just done the, the final movie tonight. Um, I'd probably give the Toxic Zombies a miss personally. Um, check out the the uh, Gestapo's Last Doors, just because I think it's, uh, it's interesting. And it's got gerbils, yay! It's got cute little gerbils in it. But I think it's worth a watch just to kind of see the kind of thing that I think this that kind of film is the kind of film is the reason that the video analysis list was kind of set up. You know, they, I think those are the ones they were trying to catch. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. ones they were trying to remove from general kind of population of you know video shops and stuff because just of the of the nasty subject matter. So I'd give that a watch if you're curious. Um, mm-hmm. Coming up next week, Ooh. Ah, another heavy hitter, heavy, oh, heavy hitter. Pretty good heavy hitters coming actually kind of week after week. There's at least one in there um, yep. each week that's kind of, uh, you know, notorious, I think. <laughs> actually, I think there's two next week. House on the Edge of the Parks, a pretty rapey film, I think. Yeah, it's David Hess, isn't it? Yeah. Um, doing a, another rape rapey <laughs> character. Um, Spit on Your Grave, probably one of the most famous films on the list. Yep, and then Island of Death as well from '75, which is which I've not seen that. Yes, uh, looking forward to them. I spit on your grave. I bought the Region One import because that is the only version you can get in the UK that is uncut. And um, there is a really nice double release that you can get from the UK. It's got a Blu-ray, it's got the DVD, it's got a lovely poster and a booklet, but it's not uncut. Oh, right, I did not, I thought it was. No, it's not. It's, it's the most uncut version that you can buy in the UK, but it re- basically removes um, nudity, f- what they consider to be for titillation purposes rather than an intrinsic part of the plot. So just ah. boob shots, arse shots. Um, 
So kind of in the in the vein of this show, I've went out and I got the Region One version, which also has got the remake on, which we'll talk about next week. I kind of like that as well. Um, so yeah. Oh, I hate the remake. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll talk about that next week. I'm uh, I'm quite a fan actually, um, but I do love the original. And I haven't seen it for years, and I don't think I've ever seen the fully uncut version. So I'm ah. I'm really looking forward to that. Awesome. Yeah. So like Andy was saying, a house on the edge of the park. I spit in your grave. Island of death all coming your way on episode number nine of uh, doing the nasty once again a massive thank you to everyone that's been checking out the show feedback's been awesome um a couple of new faces over on the facebook page um the usual offenders have been uh, chiming in with their comments jerry esposito mike murphy yeah. um thanks very much for 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 leaving us some comments um we even got and this was a personal message sent to me andy um, uh, I, I think he's a fairly new listener okay. uh, who who basically um, <laughs> got in touch after the previous episode um, good buddy Aaron Edgill come back to say uh, I'm probably going to regret this but what is the site that you guys refer to during the Faces of Death review on the latest Doing the Nasty I don't usually <laughs> look up stuff like this but you've got me curious and then he came back to me to say right after it Never mind, I looked up Concrete Girl and that was enough. And so it should be, sir. Um, so, yeah. It's, oh, that's it's good. good. I thought you were going to make me uh, read out what the... Uh, no, no. Because I don't want to, because I don't want to no. promote it. Because like I said before, it's uh, advertised by really brutal, violent porn. And I'm not yeah, going yeah. to, uh, so yeah, we'll leave that. We will. Um, yeah, that. fair play, mate. If you checked out Concrete Girl, that's enough to put anyone off. <laughs> yeah, I think I think so. I think so. We don't trend. We do not throw these names out lightly. If we're we're making a comparison to something like that, it's generally because we, we're tr- we're trying to either juxtapose what you can see in terms of violence now against what you could then, etc. Or generally because we we've come to the conclusion that Andy's a bit of a deviant. Um, anyway. <laughs> I am, yeah, totally. I'm trying to steer myself away from that shit now. But, uh, this yeah. is why he's going to meditation, is to hide the dark thoughts. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, um, like I say, keep them coming. Feedback on the, 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 the Facebook page. If you've checked out any of the movies that we've been talking about, let us know your opinion. Do you think we're grading them right? Are, are these movies more traumatic to you? And if so, why? Are, are me and Andy just too blasey about the whole shindig now? I don't know. We're, we're eight episodes in. Very maybe we're human yeah, yeah, maybe we're getting a bit too desensitised to the word rape because we had a bit of a, a jovial conversation at the start of that second review about mm-hmm. starving. I don't know, Andy. Maybe we're just getting a wee bit too comfortable with the nasties I don't know I uh, God knows what we're going to be like by episode 16 it's a sorry state of affairs when rape becomes the norm but uh, yeah yeah, yeah. every episode every episode if you've watched the third you know the, the Gestapo's last orgy it is ridiculous you know we're not just yeah. we're, we genuinely aren't taking the you know the concept of rape lightly at all but no. it's just the way it's it's shown in the beginning of that film is it's just laughable so yeah go and check it out and you'll see what we mean yeah so um i think uh we're going to jump out just now remember you can check out some more of my stuff uh, on the podcast under the stairs which can be found on itunes under podcast under the stairs um the website which is podcast under the stairs.wordpress.com where i post all my shows uh, i have a facebook page as well as being part of the legion podcast network my good buddy andy there also has a show over on the legion podcast network it 
is called Big Horror and a Little Podcast, and there is no reason for you not to check out his show. New one dropping soon, sir? New one coming up soon, just got the editing to do. Um, it's going to be Alien, uh, Jaws, and The Omen. Uh, so, Dear yeah, it should uh, come out in the next week or so. But you can check out my back catalogue at um, bighorrorandlittlepodcast.wordpress.com. Um, we are a bit slack with releasing episodes, but uh, there is uh, certainly a new one. It's all about quality over quantity. That's <laughs> really so yeah, so um, remember and check out those shows. Leave us some love over on Horophilia. Um, on the you can leave us ratings on iTunes if you want. It would be nice mm. to see some ratings pop up there. Um, however, until the next time we speak to you, which will be sooner than you think, Andy, would you like to say goodbye to the listeners? Goodbye, yeah, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, we will speak to you all very soon. Take care. Bye, everyone. Bye. They were called nasties, and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect adults as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen the video, mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film.